0: If you're a fan of MMA, you know that rounds four and five are considered the championship rounds. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to round four with Trevor Gillies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box. I'm your host, Joe Lizito. So welcome to part four of episode 48. We are in the middle of the Trevor Gillies epic. Thank you, Trevor Gillies, for the immense amount of time. I think after this episode, we now stand at approximately 12 hours, 12 hours, and uh, we still have a ways to go. So, um... I hope that you people have enjoyed it so far. I know for myself, this has been an unbelievable journey through Trevor's career. Um, There's really not much else to say. Like I said, if you've listened, you're hearing everything that Trevor is putting out there. And uh, it's just phenomenal. And I I truly feel blessed that uh, Coliseum Chronicles is the vessel to bring this uh, amazing content to you. So, um, Trevor, thanks again. And to all the listeners, Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I appreciate all the feedback. If this is your first time listening, I strongly urge you to go into the back catalog, especially uh, the back catalog of the last few episodes that uh, I, I've done with Trevor, so you get uh, kind of the background of it. You don't just jump in in the middle. Um, definitely, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of my past episodes. And if you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. I really do appreciate it. If you could. Please subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to. Could you throw it a like and rate and review it? That would be great. It uh, brings higher visibility to the show. And what I've said about subscribing is if you subscribe to the show, you get the content on Sundays. So, in other words, if you're a subscriber, you could be listening right now on Sunday, March 21st. Right now I'm recording this at 1115 in the morning. You could be listening to this an hour from now. Could be listening to this half hour from now, depending on how long I yammer on in this intro. But if you're not a subscriber, then you have to wait till it appears for everybody else. So there's nothing to lose in subscribing. It's free, and you get the content earlier. So why wouldn't you subscribe? So uh, go ahead, hit that subscribe button, guy. I'll wait. Cool. All right. Great. Now, social media. I am on Twitter at Joe underscore Lozito and at Kali Sinbin Pod uh on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Coliseum Chronicles Podcast and on Instagram, Coliseum underscore Chronicles underscore podcast. Check out all that social media, some really good Islander Enforcer content, and uh I will follow you back or uh like whatever you have uh in kind. I, I believe in the reciproc reciproc wait reciprocal reciprocity I just sound like an asshole. I believe in the reciprocal effect. I can't, my tongue is tied this morning. So go ahead, have, have a laugh at my expense. I'm not even going to try to figure it out. I'm just going to be goofy and uh, reciprocity, reciprocity. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'm, I I swear to God, I'm not even going to try, but you know what I mean? Follow me. I'll follow you back. It's really simple. Um, merchandise. So I recently dropped an alternate logo to the original logo. And it's basically still the same uh head logo that Joe Maricic has drawn but i've just done a, something a little different with the font and the design of the uh of the words so um but the logo still stays the same uh, so now you have uh variety in the merch so uh if you go to the bottom of the episode description that uh that you're listening to right now I'm all discombobulated i could say that Uh, If you go to the bottom of the episode description of this very episode, you will see two links. One is the link for the original merch, and one is the link for the new alternate logo merch. And order up. Now, as you know, every week I give a listener-exclusive discount code for 20% off. This week the discount code is WALLSTROM. That's right, because the Islanders had their second fighting major of the season last night, Oliver WALLSTROM. So... That code is W-A-H-L-S-T-R-O-M. Use code Wallstrom for 20% off every item in the merchandise store. That code is valid until March 29th. And as I just mentioned, Joe Marisic, he is the local Long Island artist that drew up my logo. Uh, Artistic genius, great guy, available for hire. Hit Joe up at Graphics Joker on Twitter or website LoudEgg.com. Definitely uh, check out his artwork. He's uh, He's been posting some new and different things on his Twitter account recently. So check him out. He's brilliant. A few other podcasts I want to tell you about. My friend Darren, Fourth Line Voice Podcast. Darren, thank you very much for uh, – Darren, always, we kind of always pump up each other's shows. Um, as Darren has said, we're sort of the mom and pop. Uh, podcast compared to some of the big dogs, but uh, we always kind of pump up each other because we're all in it together, and um, you know, we happen to be very fond of each other's shows, and we both think that, you know, hey, listen, I'm not gonna lie, I think I do a pretty good job. I know Darren does a great job, and um, Darren really has been pumping up to Trevor Gillies episodes, and uh, I really appreciate it. I know that uh, he has a big following, and uh, I think people listen to his opinion, so um. I really appreciate everything that uh, Darren has done over the last few weeks, pumping up the, uh, the Trevor Gillies episodes. But I mean, he does that for, for my stuff all the time. And, um, you know, it means the world to me. So, um, I would appreciate if you would check out the fourth line voice podcast, Darren started this, uh, a lot longer before than I did. And, uh, he does an amazing job it's similar you know we we basically have similar shows and and we both go real deep and we both try to unearth stuff and uh leave no stone unturned with our episodes and and Darren's latest episode was with a gentleman named jared Doomba uh He went a little bit off the board and it and it, the episode came out great uh Jared's not an enforcer, but he played in the western league and and in some of the um junior a i guess junior b leagues out in western canada and they talked about a bunch of the enforcers that he played with and and it came out great it was really it was a great episode and jared was a great guest and um i don't know how if they'd ever spoken uh before the episode but they had great chemistry so um it's a like i said it's a little bit different and it worked great so um Darren has two episodes a week. On Wednesdays are his interview episodes. And on Sundays are the episodes that I like to call the Sunday shit show where he stares out his window and yells at nothing, um, which I can certainly relate to. So um, I highly encourage you to go to fourth line voice, listen to his latest episode and all the episodes in between. Um, He has no standards though. I was actually a guest on his show uh, a couple of years ago. So go into it with that. He does scrape the bottom of the barrel sometimes when he, um, when he feels like it. So I was on there. I think we did uh, pretty well too. So, um, but seriously, um, he's the OG of the uh, enforcer podcast world. So uh, go and check him out. Uh, Also, the uh, bucket drop podcast with my friend Bobby Longgrass. Uh he's back. He was on hiatus. Uh he's going with a little different format this year, some little quick hit episodes, uh probably 8 to 15 minute episodes. Talks mostly about uh the Canadian teams, the uh not so much the western teams, but uh Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto. Uh gives betting advice and um you know, it's just something nice to break up your days. It's not long, epic episodes like my my show and uh, just like quick hits here and there. And Bobby's a good guy, so definitely check out uh, Bucket Drop Podcast. Uh, also, this one, Five for Fighting. I think what happened, Five for Fighting Podcast with Alec Olin-Salem, Alec is tremendously busy nowadays. He's got so much shit going on. And I think what happens is, for guys like uh, Alec and Darren and Bobby and myself, like the podcast, we don't get paid for it. So it's easy for the podcast to sometimes be put on the back burner. And Alec has stepped away from the podcasting. But as Darren has alluded to, we don't know how long that hiatus is going to be. Because I think what happens is you kind of get the itch for it. I mean, it's something that, like I, I equate it to if you have tattoos, Um, once you get one, you're addicted. And I think what happens is, um, for myself, I know, and I'm sure for the other guys too, having these conversations with the boys, it's kind of therapeutic and it, and it kind of takes you away from the stress of the real world. And Alec is uh, training to go back into the service. And, um, I think he's trying to buy a house or he just moved or, uh, something like that. And I guess his job is getting really busy now. So Alec has a lot of real life stuff going on that obviously takes priority over the podcast but i think what happens is he listens to my show and listens to darren's show listens to other shows and you sort of get that itch so um i don't know how long the hiatus is going to be but while he's on break check out the back episodes of the five for fighting podcast alec does a great job and for old farts like me um Alec is good because he's a baby he's like 23 24 years old but as far as hockey goes he's an old soul so it kind of gives us hope that there are some uh, youngsters out there that uh, feel the same way that we do about fighting and Alec is is passionate as any of us so um, Alec he's a beacon of light in this dark time of hockey fandom so fourth line voice podcast bucket drop podcast five for fighting podcast check out all those shows Also on YouTube, Darren has the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. If you have ever watched a hockey fight on YouTube, chances are it was on the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. I think he has over 2,300 fights on there now. I know when I'm researching for guests, I usually find myself on there at least once or twice a day. So check that out. Alec also runs the Enforcer Appreciation page, which at times gets a little dizzying. But if you can wade through, the sludge and you get to the posters who really know their stuff. And I am not including myself in that. I really don't post too much, but it's a really great page. Some really great conversations go on there that the, there are a lot of ex players on there that know their shit and enjoy telling stories. So it's definitely worth joining up. Um, Like I said, if you can get through the Homer sludge, but uh, but definitely check out that and check out Alex QSPHL slash LNAH Jersey and equipment page. Also on Facebook. Now, what I always say in my intro, I'm not going to get too into it, but uh, the family is looking to relocate to Florida. Uh, New York is just becoming an absolute nightmare. I'm still furloughed since last May, and uh, I have no idea when I'm going back to work. And uh, our only option may be to get out of New York and try to find a less expensive way to live and basically start over. So if anyone out there has any connections in the Florida area for work, I will definitely need a new job and I am open to almost anything. I just cannot do sales. And I honestly think at my age, I'm not built to do construction out in the Florida heat, but anything other than jobs outside where I'm going to have a heart attack or sales, um, I'm pretty much open to anything. I always say, I don't have to love my job. I just can't hate it. So if anyone has any, connections to jobs in the Florida area, let's say from the Sarasota Bradenton area up to the Tampa area. Uh, and you can, uh, recommend me or hook me up, put me in contact with someone. I would really appreciate it. Now the, this is a big week for the Islanders slash sound tigers fight report. I have three fights to tell you about since the last time I joined you on March 15th, Unfortunately, another Bridgeport loss, but there were two fights in the game. Jeff Kubiak fought Brady Lyle and Seth Helgeson fought Ian McKinnon. Now, the good thing about those two fights before this last game against Hartford, uh, there were, as I've said before, Bridgeport, a lot of times they seem pretty lifeless and You know, I don't really, there's so many factors in that, you know, the American League, the games I've been to, it's it's great to have a crowd there, and there's nothing to feed off of, and it's not that they're playing poorly, I know their record is not great, but it's not that they're playing poorly, there just seem to be spells where there wasn't any passion, there wasn't any jam or anything like that, no sandpaper, and the The losing, it was mounting up and it was actually good to see a little frustration from the boys in that game against Providence and uh, it resulted in two fights. So that brings the Bridgeport Sound Tigers fight total up to six on the season. I would like to see it a little bit higher because they're only playing Hartford and Providence. So you'd like to see the hate get in there. Uh, and I think it might be starting to develop with Providence. They have a lot of catch-up games going on now with Hartford because most of the season has been against Providence. Um, so we'll see how that goes with Hartford, and we'll see when they play Providence again. Um, so that's six on the season so far, and uh, Seth Helgeson leads the team with two fights. But the biggest news this week about Bridgeport was that Yannick Turcott got into the lineup, played the last game against Hartford. It's what I've been screaming about for weeks to get someone in the lineup like a Yannick Turcott like a Mike Cornell, someone that could inject some enthusiasm and some life in there. And Yannick Turcott played the last game, and guess what? They won. Now, am I saying they won because Yannick Turcott was in the lineup? Who am I to say? What I can say is, what I can definitively say is Yannick Turcott has played one game this year for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, and in that game, Bridgeport, in those games, Bridgeport's 1-0. So, yes, when Yannick Turcott dresses, the Sound Tigers are undefeated. Make of that what you will. And also, last night, Islanders walloped the Flyers. And in that game, Oliver Wallstrom had a fight against Oscar Lindblom. Now, it's not the bout I was hoping for, but I'll take it. So that brings the Islander fight total for the season to two. And Oliver Wallstrom is now tied for the team lead in fighting majors with Casey Zizekas. So Islanders, again... They're winning. They're having a great season. Uh, I still have a few issues with some some things not being taken care of, but I guess that's just me. Um, and uh, I'll get into that in a later episode. I won't get into it now, but I have some uh, bullet points that I'd like to touch base where they have some uh, uh, really some differences with some teams and some players that have not been reconciled yet, and uh, and that annoys me. But what can I say? So anyway, that will bring us to the end of this intro. Um, I hope the new streamlined intros are better for the listeners. I know my wife had told me that maybe my intros are more like episodes, so I've tried to cut them down a little bit. Um, And because the episodes with Trevor are so uh, long, and I'm going to say amazing, and I always say it has nothing to do with me, uh, I want to keep the intro to a minimum. So here we go. Trevor Gillies, part four. I hope you people enjoy it. Have a great day, everybody. Okay, so you put the word out that you're trying to get as many fights as possible. You want to stick with the Islanders. Uh, you come off that game at Madison Square Garden where you fought Brandon Prust. There's another guy you fought that season who I'm a big fan of. Uh, Islander fans are big fans of, and I think the guy's an absolute monster. And it's someone who you had already fought previously in the American League. And uh, he was with Ottawa at the time, and that's Matt Carkner. Do you remember that fight at the Coliseum?
1: Absolutely. So... I forget the exact score in the game, but um, there was like a little stoppage of play. I think I get the puck and I get the red line and I kind of like dump it or some shit. And um, my old uh, my old teammate from North Bay comes up to me and Chris Neal who's an absolute beauty. And like I told, I don't know if I mentioned this before, back when we first were going in one of the early episodes. But, you know, Nealer had unreal hands and was a great player, just was blessed with a big, you know, big farm boy neck and body and, and a big head and yeah what a career he had you know over oh, a yeah. thousand games with one team like just but he's just a great dude like we were buddies back in the day driving around in his Z- z24 whatever they are <laughs> and um just flying around you know in north bay and so he came up to me and he you know just gave me a little give me a little shove or whatever and i was like what the fuck are you gonna do Nealer you know kind of deal <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know we we're just having some words and and then all of a sudden the big boy comes by and it was go time. Yeah. So uh, you know we had a good one, man. Um, you know I got I got lucky to get a couple real fast hard lefts off early, and I hit him in that soft tissue in the ear, and yeah. it, it kind of split him open like really good. Mm-hmm um and then he got a little bad you know you could tell he kind of came on after that he knew he was you know when you get when you get cut like that it stings a bit you know especially when the adrenaline's going you don't feel it a lot right but um you know i'm sure he could feel it and you know that's just usually how it is and he came on pretty pretty good there but you know i'm able to um protect my chin and not really take any real punishment or anything like that it was you know kind of a technical little battle we had a good little battle and then um You know, I kind of learned from my fight coach to be able to pull. Like, a lot of hockey fighting that people don't realize is unless you're just going to stand there in the pocket like a dumbass and uh, exchange with a bigger man, um, you know, with zero head movement, you're going to get hit. Uh, He's longer. He's strong. I mean, I'm strong, too, and I was trying to pull him off balance, and when you do that, when you push-pull – especially when you pull it exposes things um you know the, the chin becomes more you know more readily available and um unfortunately well fortunately and unfortunately because you never know how it's going to go in the heavyweight division it only takes one one shot so you know i wasn't trying for the takedown yeah. um but you know it ended that way and um you know, i'm not gonna lie i mean it ended up being a pretty good fight for me. He's yeah. pretty pretty destructive guy, as we all know, and I got a lot of respect for for big carks. Uh, yeah. You know, had a great career. Um, was an unreal teammate to my brother Yabo, and um, a lot of the guys that I know that play with him. You know, say he's a great guy and great teammate and, and a great leader. So, you know, that was that was a good one on home ice um, against a, a a bigger man.
0: Now, season ends like we've discussed. You only played fourteen games. 75 penalty minutes like i said which was second on the team uh at the end of the year now do you have exit interviews with the with the coaches with the GM and uh what was their evaluation on your performance
1: um yeah of course we have yeah. those um you know every team has those um it went it was they were very very positive um you know pretty much you know get, you get tell, you get told you know all of the things you did well and um you know You know, pretty much like work hard uh, in the summer and, you know, it's it's your job to lose pretty much like, you know, it was a lot more positive than that. Like it was like, you know, I'm going to be the guy, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of established, you know, obviously the fans were were a huge part in that, you know, they were just so welcoming um to me when i came up with the wild stash which we talked about earlier and you know obviously didn't hurt that my last name's gillies even though there's no relation to you know the great great clark clark's a great man and hall of famer um and obviously i played nothing like him he had a lot more talent than me um but you know that didn't that didn't hurt that the same names in the rafters and i kind of run around and and play a really old school game um at that time where which you know a lot of us tough guys did um it's kind of the last of the what I call the dinosaurs, right? Um, during that time, you know, there's a few left shortly after that, but not many, um, as you could tell by... You know games played by like a guy like Bolton, right? Mm -hmm. He's one of the last of the dinosaurs for sure Uh, You know a guy like Thornton Guys like that they're just there wasn't many takers anymore, right there wasn't a lot of guys for them to they weren't in as much Uh, it's just Good leaders in the room keep them around because they're great guys and great teammates and work hard and a good example for the young guys right and obviously I wish that would have been me um, sticking around a little longer, but you know, wasn't the case, but, uh, no, my, my exit meetings was amazing. Worked extremely hard that summer and uh, went to burr skating again. We've already talked about that and, you know, I was ready to rock. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great opportunity, you know, it's, it's that typical thing that, that all athletes talk about, especially hockey players. You just need that, that one coach or that one GM or that one guy like we talked about, like Ricky DiPietro, and then get up there and, you know, get a, get a nice fan following by the best fans in hockey. You know, I'll bleed blue and blue and orange till the day I die, and, you know, just just the whole experience was awesome, and obviously when you finally get that shot after, after being a career minor leaguer, you know, <laughs> you're going to bust your fucking ass, uh... All summer, every day, all day, like training, sleeping, eating perfect. Um, you know, so you know I did that. and um you know very, very blessed for that opportunity and and then obviously uh, went into camp and and had a good camp, and you know got got to stay, so that was that was huge.
0: Now, you mentioned Clark Gillies, You may, obviously, same last name, and there have been players who have been drafted by the Islanders, uh, one that comes to mind, Todd Bertuzzi, who went on to have a great career, but... What an unreal guy, what an unreal player. Right, but he kind of started slow with the Islanders, and, and from the day he was drafted, it was, this guy's the next Clark Gillies, and that seems like a, a pretty big burden to put on someone, especially a kid that's just drafted, but... Like you said, you seem to relish the fact that you guys had the same last name. Um, Play, you both played a physical style. Um,
1: well, I mean, it, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm nothing like Clark. Obviously. No, but he, but it, but but it you, didn't. But it didn't hurt with especially the old school, you know, fans and you know, you know, me having a crazy mustache and and playing a really old school game. Um, you know, Burp, <laughs> Big Bird's an amazing player. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my favorite lines that a hockey player has ever come out, come out with is if this is from Todd Bertuzzi back in the day, I don't know if people will remember this, but I, I sure do. Um, he's from my area. So he, he lives, I think he had a house on a golf course, but he'd skate with like um, Scott Walker, uh, Kirk Malpe. There's a bunch of guys from my hometown that made it to the NHL. Todd Harvey, yeah. uh, Steve McKenna, all these guys. And um, Bobby Wren, there's just a whole group of guys from a small uh, city of Cambridge to make it. And um, his line is, if beers never touched your lips uh, and you never packed a dip and you call yourself a hockey player, well, then you're probably not a very good one. I just (laughs) thought that was absolutely fucking epic because, you know, I'm having a nice glass of blade and bow. I'm still truly hoping that blade and bow will call me and give me a sponsorship (laughs) i don't drink barely ever but Mm -hmm. you know on here i'm gonna have me a nice glass it's all the way to the brim um talking to my boy joe and you know i i got off the chew so now i do these like soft i'm sure i'll get chirped these soft little zen six milligram pouches and put a few in but (laughs) you know uh no nah, man I mean it was an awesome time um, you but know I, you got, to out, I a... got to live out my boyhood dream bro no one could take that from me and every little boy and girl either dream about playing the NHL or in the Olympics and um, you know just, just phenomenal memories and uh, what a blast what a great group of guys great fans like I've said many times like just you know from top to bottom the staff the the whole thing was you know it, it was but what movies are made out of man it was amazing
0: but you never felt any any extra pressure with the gillies name or any extra burden like i think a lot of guys absolutely did not. yeah yeah <laughs>
1: absolutely not the guy yeah. scored like 30 goals a year um no absolutely not you know the all, what's so cool about the islanders is like all those old legends that won all the cups. Right. I mean, like, they're just like so approachable, like to anybody on the team, whether you're a force line, tough guy, meet like me, or, you know, whether you're the top player, like they're around, you know, you got Butchie on the plane, sat right in front of me and, um, you know, Clark's around and, you know, Bobby Nye. I mean, all these guys are around like certain times of the year, you know, um, just, just true gentlemen. And, you know they just you could just tell like they're just so close with each other that's what winning does you know and just like brothers and they were just like awesome you know the whole like bossy all of them i mean they were just great guys um you know and that's what's so cool about hockey it's a it's a very humbling game you know you could be the man one day and you know blow your knee out the next day or get a concussion or, I mean, there's, there's a million scenarios. Like, you know, you could beat a guy if you're in my role, you could beat a top guy one day. And if, if you ain't on the next, I mean, you might not have as good of a fight, you know um, you could, you could lose. Uh, you know, most, most hockey, most hockey guys are just really good humans. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you picked up where you left off the season before your first fight, of the year i believe was in dc against dj king and it was an absolute war do you remember that one
1: yeah how could i not i told you (laughs) earlier in one of our other chats i mean you know going in to play ov one of the cool things about washington that i'd like to tell the fans um listening especially the fight fans is you know there's there's not a bad meal in the nhl like i call it the never hungry league like they're constantly giving you great food whether it's sushi and and snacks and and um you know little sandwiches or wraps or whatever on the plane right when you get on to you know crab lobster i mean flaming you know i mean we're not eating we're not eating grease wheels which if people who for for people who don't know what that is i'll break it down i mean we're not eating pizza pepperoni greasy pizza and chicken wings like or uh like a hot hoagie or something a sub in like in the minors i mean you know you're refueling uh hydrating and, and getting ready you know it's you got to do what you can to to recover it's uh, a lot of hockey right um it's a lot of games whether you whether you play a few minutes uh, a game like me or you're a top line guy i mean um a guy like me's me, running around very physical it's like you're getting in a car accident every shift. Uh, you know, you got to get hits. Uh, the top players, a lot of wear and tear, a lot of miles. They they, you know, it's it's a lot. Um, but just, you know, just the whole thing. But like when you're on the road, like one of my favorite spots in the league is there's a few of them, but it's called Capital Grill. And they have a phenomenal one in Washington. So, you know, you go out and a bunch of the boys, you know, we're all eating dinner together. You know, maybe a glass of wine or two of the the nice Rouge. And just eat a high-end meal and get a bunch of waters in. You go back. And, you know, I had a phenomenal roommate. Matt Molson was my roommate. We're still good friends to this day. Um, You know, he's still playing. He's the captain of Hershey. So, Mm -hmm. congrats to my boy Molson. Just a phenomenal dude. We've already talked about him enough. I absolutely love (laughs) the guy. But, um, you know, it's just just great. But, um, you know, going into that game, I mean, you have to be some kind of a moron to not realize they got the, you know, big DJ on the other side. I mean, he's people don't talk about him enough, in my opinion. Um, He's super tough. Uh, Out of all the guys that I fought in my career, I've already mentioned this, uh, you know, Cam Cam Jansen was up there for a young guy like a rook you know, just hungry, like, you know, same with DJ King, like killer, like, I knew when I fought him, I'm like, this guy ain't gonna be here long, like, he's going to the National League, uh, you know, he's going to the show, whatever you want to call it, and, um, you know, um, Colt same thing, you know, Colt played, fuck, 600 games or something, DJ played hundreds, you know, Cam Jansen played 300, uh, you know, these guys had good careers, um, But going up against DJ, obviously, uh, I know that he's a super heavy handed, super heavy handed native player. Uh, Fought on before. Know know what his left hand's done and what it's done to some of my friends. I mean, what his right hand's done. Destruction to some of my friends um, that are other enforcers we won't name. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of if you watch the fight, it's a lot of dancing around, it looks like. But he's smart at cutting off my angle for people who don't realize what was happening is he's not giving in. I'm not giving in. I'm I'm it's the, it's the point of no return, right? So you meet in an area. And so I'm making sure my skates are on the outside of his skates and I, I'm a lefty. So I want to go away from his power hand. So if you watch, there's a science to this. Like, it's not like the old days where you just grab in the middle and, Tuck your chin and see who the tougher guy is. I mean, you got to be some kind of a dumbass to do that when when I was in the league because these guys are all trained, um, all work out every day, all very strong, very destructive, and you know, as 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 hard as it is to get there, you can be gone very fast. So, you know, I I, I get myself in a good position and and I, and I kind of get jump the gun, right? I don't know if the first one landed or not. But it still gets you in the position. So fortunately, I kind of cross grab him and I get a couple good ones in. And I think I hit him in the temple and drop him to a knee. Mm-hmm. And I, he lo- he wanted he was like he was trying to get up, but the refs came in. Um, he's a very tough opponent. Oh, so yeah. obviously, I'm super happy with the way that one went. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of it solidified me, right? Because he's at that time he's like arguably a top three, top five guy in the National League. Mm-hmm um and i'm kind of still relatively you know unknown really um at that level so it's a great way to start you know what i'm hoping is going to be a a full season which which it ended up being um so yeah you know nothing but respect for dj you know we exchanged some nice pleasantries in the box uh all respect (laughs) yeah no like total respect yeah yeah nothing i'd like um you know, I don't think he was very happy about, about it, um, but I sure was. I
0: mean, of course. It,
1: you know, a win's a win. Uh, it's the National League. So, you know, we're, we're not fighting. We're not playing patty cake out there, as my boy Steve McIntyre says. I mean, you're, you know, you're trying to win. So, uh, you know, that one, my game plan worked. Um, I didn't just stand there and trade with a guy that has longer arms than me and that is taller than me and um, didn't just stand in the pocket, right?
2: Yeah.
1: I did what I trained many, many hours. Every day with my fight coach, Chris Elms, um, you know, and he, he kind of pins me against the boards real quick and I bounce off it. Um, you know, he's a strong cat and I just come, fly. I just got to let the hands go, right? You, you know, like firecrackers, like uh, fireworks, snap the punches, punches and bunches and just let them go. And fortunately, uh, a couple landed on their mark in, in a good, good places, which is what you're aiming. Um, people don't realize, like I was training with this like head. So I've never told anyone this, but um, I'm done. So fuck it. Maybe it'll <laughs> maybe it'll help someone else. But my coach who manages my rental property, I just did a ton of work. That's why you haven't heard from me in a while. I've got my rental property, got it all spiffed up and nice. You know, we did the landscape and tree work, painting, like upgraded a bunch of stuff and, and did, you know, hardwood floors and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, I got a new military renter in there and it's a phenomenal, it'll be a phenomenal tenant again, like they always are. And, um... You know, he bought this head and it has like a bar that you hold in the inside, but it's like a, it's like the size of a real head and it's rubber. It's like, it's like one of those bobs that people buy that you fill with sand or water and you punch them in the garage. You can adjust the height.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, to different levels. Or something. whether it's a kid, you know, you want to put it down low or if, well, yeah. Yeah, like I used to always keep it at six, three to six, eight, because that's how tall hockey players are that are heavyweights. And so you train at different levels. So you're used to punching up at their jaw. You know, there's a bunch of different stuff. (laughs) We're not going to get to it. But uh, when I'd be with him in the gym, we would do certain drills, and he would have, like, little sticky things on there. Like, it would be, like, a green, a red, a blue, on different spots of the chin and different spots. And so he'd just call it out. And when you're fatigued, it makes you – You know, especially like in a fight, right? You might be getting hit, but it makes you be sharp and be able to hit that mark. So, and it's very small. You want those two knuckles that hurt him, your first two. And there's those two knuckles hurt him. The other two hurt you. So you want to land those two on that exact target. So, I mean, this is like just diving into a little bit of some of the training we did, Nice, you know, that you're doing constantly, day after day. And, and fortunately, those shots landed on the mark. Uh, otherwise, it might have been me. You yeah. know
0: what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I totally blew past this one question. Uh, how did it feel to make the team out of camp? I mean, this is the first time you're making an NHL roster out of camp. I mean, that had to be – it validates all the hard work that you've put in throughout your career, I would, I would imagine
1: yeah so you know i was on a two-way right so you know you're you're very happy but you can never be satisfied because it's until you get and even when you get that letter like i could be sent down at any time right so i'm still staying at the Marriott. that's why i know so many of the fans personally that i'm still very good friends with i mean we've mentioned some of them in the many hours we've spoken yeah but um you know so we had a, like a team party at at the marriott and um garth who i love um came up to me and he he said i spoke to uh, i spoke to charles gills and um it, you know it's come to my attention that that you're not that you, ha- you don't have a place um you're going to be getting your letter and um you know we have people that that are with the, with the staff that will help you find a place. And I was like, so pumped, you know, he's like, congratulations, ki-, you know, congratulations, buddy or whatever. And I was like, pumped, you know, and
2: yeah.
1: obviously tell the wifey and, you know, that's a great feeling, right? Cause that's the first time I've gotten a letter. Like the the year before I was up for what, I don't know, 25 something, something games. And, you know, obviously a tough guy, I didn't play every game and right. uh, played fourteen or whatever it was. And, um, you know, so that's that's a huge moment, but that just means hey, we're just getting fucking started. You know, right. so um, so you know, I started looking at some stuff, and I talked to Garth again. He asked me how it was going, and I said, well, I'm looking here and I'm looking there, and um, you know, I have I have a stepson, which we've discussed, and yep. he's actually home right now. He's he's probably like telling me to shut the fuck up. Cause <laughs> playing video games or whatever but you know kids nowadays so his girlfriend's not here right now so i'm sure he's playing he's probably playing Chell as they call it nhl and he has like five guys that they're on a team and they play these other guys i don't know a whole lot about it i'm like an, i was nintendo you know what so i'm saying like you
2: uh-huh.
1: up up down down left right left yep. right ba select you know 30 man contra let's go uh, <laughs> you know i knew how to do <laughs> Uh, rubber rubber boards and stuff, and ice hockey. You know, you have the skinny guy, the medium guy, and the fat guy. Yeah, you know, like
2: blades mm-hmm. uh, of steel. That's like right, that kind of stuff. Yep. We get a
1: little animated for the crowd. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I love Blades of Steel. Oh yeah, hit the guy three times, and we do it on purpose. Me and my brother, just so we could fight. Uh, we all yeah, you, did know, you that. bang into the guy three times, boom. If you do it in the if you do it in the slot, it's an automatic penalty shot. Beautiful. I wouldn't do that. Uh, against him i just would bang the guy three times we go toe to toe you know what i mean it was beautiful <laughs> blades of
2: steel
1: and, uh, <laughs> and so obviously my bourbon's kicking in <laughs> blade and bow come on baby give
0: me a sponsor i'm gonna have to tag them when i post this episode yeah, i are gonna you have should, to tag them really yeah. Absolutely. phenomenal
1: i'm collecting the keys so what people don't know is when they check out blade and bow what's cool about it is they have five keys right so it's like when we're growing up and you go to McDonald's. Remember when they had McDonald's and it was like the Monopoly yep. board? And, mm-hmm. You know, you could get pretty much everything if you, you know, if you went there enough with your parents when you were young. But you just couldn't get, you know, boardwalk or park place. You know, they were really hard to get. And um, so you got to collect these five keys. And I got one, three, and four right now. I don't have two and five. My buddy has two for me, but we both don't have five. Okay. And once you get all five, so I'm assuming five is obviously the park place yeah and uh you know i got a couple bars that i do their credit card processing um well restaurants really a couple type places that are going to be searching for five as well as i have a couple liquor stores that i go to and they also have my name and number and i'm gonna <laughs> i told them i said if you get me five i'll, I'll get you like a six sign pick and something else nice. so uh you know but once you get that, you can send it into the company, and they send you something extra special. And you can also go there physically in Kentucky and and get like a tour and shit. So, so hence why I'm I'm going on the blade and bow right now because there's many fine bourbons, and I don't drink. But uh, you know, talking to you, my friend, is is worth a nice <laughs> nice bourbon.
0: You got to booze it up a little bit when you. Anyway, get to me me. back on track here. I kind of yeah. went off the rail
1: there. You know, the train the train went off the tracks there. The right, train right, went
0: off the track. <laughs> um first of all just so you know oh yeah
1: yeah, yeah. So, so 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 yeah i remember now so touches okay. aren't vitamins <laughs> you know I, I, so um so i kind of tell garth a couple spots i not going to bring them up because there's many nice areas right yeah. but some mm-hmm. of the areas if you have a, a kid who i have a stepson and my daughter was really young
2: yeah
1: um are not the best for schools. Right. so i told him you know what i'm looking at i mean i'm the lowest paid guy on the team which you know I'm not complaining shit I mean it was phenomenal you know Mm -hmm. the league minimum at that time was $500,000 I mean that's (laughs) a hell of a lot of money it's Um,
0: not too
1: bad yeah you know it's great doing what you love and Uh protecting the boys being being the big brother and playing in the best league in the world that you dreamed about playing your whole life and you know getting to watch studs play every night against them and on my team it was amazing so um you know so I tell them and Garth ended up coming back to me, and I don't, I can't remember the exact timeline, um, but he said I talked to Charles. Charles doesn't want you staying in those places, um, so you're gonna live. Charles, I already have permission from Charles. He wants you to live in the original farmhouse on Cove Neck Road. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't know where Cove Neck Road is, it's probably the wealthiest um, street. Village, whatever you want to call it, I mean Roosevelt's house
0: is up there. Yeah, it's big dollars.
1: Um, yeah, Roosevelt Mansion. I mean, I think the the mayor lives there. Um At the time he did of Oyster Bay, uh, the the Rangers owner lives there. I mean, this is beautiful homes yep. and like with land and you know. So Charles let me rent the original farmhouse that was right next door to his mansion which had a hockey rink. I never went to Charles's house, obviously, but, you know, I could see it. So what I did is I got to rent the original farmhouse that had been redone. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where all his workers kept all the trucks and they were really nice. And, you know, it was beautiful, like all these beautiful trees. And it was like 55 acres. And I bought this. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but Oyster Bay is such a cool little town. That's, got like,
0: uh, that's where Andrew's from. So. we has
1: got some great little restaurants yep. down there, mm-hmm. and on the one corner where the one main light is, there's an old hardware store that's probably been in the family a million years. I mm-hmm. forget the name of Snouters, it.
0: Snouters, I think.
1: Yeah, the guy had, like, this old four-wheeler. Remember the big, the big red Hondas? Yeah. Yeah. So he had this four-wheeler, and I got talking to him, and I said, man, I'm like, he had, like, a little for sale sign on it. Yeah and i and i you know i've been in there a few times buying shovels and shit like that we got a lot of snow that year (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so uh i tell him i said how much is that four-wheeler you know and and he goes well he goes this is what i'm asking and i said i go well i play with the islanders and i I live over here i was like that would be so incredible to buy that four-wheeler so i can like rip my kids around this the property it's like a lot of acreage and um, you know, it's like a couple minutes down this like Rocky Hill, you got to go slow and mm-hmm. then you're right down on the long Island sound. So it's like tons of snow. And then all of a sudden you get on the sound, the beach, and there's no snow because of the, the brackish water, the salt water. And, um, it was just amazing. And like Charles would be flying in his helicopter. People don't know this and never heard it. And probably a lot of my teammates, but like Charles would like be honk, this pilot would be honking the horn and I'd be like waving at Charles, <laughs> ripping my kids on a four wheeler. Like it was amazing. Man. Yeah. Uh, and then when it got really snowy, I had this like about this special sled, and I'd pull them behind the sled. And 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 you know how Long Island is, like yeah. after a little bit of rain, well that that snow after you know all the drivers, the, they plow it, it turns into like ice. Yep. So like like it's like going water skiing or tubing, mm-hmm. you know. So they're like loving it, you know. And we built like huge snow. It was just so cool, and it's a really nice place. And obviously, I got a fantastic deal and. Mm-hmm. I was just like super cool of you know of the owner of the team to be like hey you know gills you got a son i want him to go to the best school so you know i'm gonna give you a sick deal on my place because charles he rest in peace he's a phenomenal man you know and um you know it's, it's sad that he passed from i believe lung cancer and you know i wish i could have said bye to him because he was just so great to me and my family and also to the models um you know mikey motto had a bunch of kids and yeah. phenomenal teammate. kind of a you know good good room guy glue guy as i call it and just a great dude but he lived like if i took the four-wheeler like not even down to the sound like just a little drive he was my next door neighbor so i got to hang with Mott and his family all the time and nice. his wife me and all their little kids and dude it was so cool man and uh um, you know it was the girls were protected like had you know his gated you go up type in a code and it was, it was, it was amazing now. So yeah, that was, that was the pinnacle getting the letter yeah. and when my wife, cause my wife would always stay with my son cause he was a stud football player mm-hmm. all growing up. He was a stud. Like he just, he was so good. Um, and so, you know, we didn't want to rob him of his dreams because right. I'm living. And so they'd stay here in our house here that we still live in and, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, come up after a season. And so, you know, that was kind of a real big deal to get the letter and, you know, just above and beyond what they did for me is, you know, which no one's ever heard that, Um, you know, just super grateful.
0: Now for any listeners that are in Oyster Bay, I realized that I said Snouters, which I think is the pharmacy, not the hardware store, but I do know the hardware (laughs) store you're talking about. I just can't remember it, but I don't, you know, Don't nobody has to write me letters. What's
1: the other town that's real close to Oyster Bay? Bayville, Um, probably. No, it's a bigger one. It's got really nice. It kind of got some good bars and restaurants. No,
0: I don't know. After Oyster Bay, Glencoe, or Bayville. um, You got to go back and it's like. um,
1: I'd have to look it up, but yeah, what a cool what a cool place. Um, Just, I mean, people like, you know, other teams i mean th- this is no surprise to anyone listening that's a fan of the islanders and especially that live there you know the visiting teams come in and they fly in and they stay at the marriott and they walk across the parking lot which i absolutely love the marriott and the coliseum i just like so wish i was playing like the guy jealous they get to play there again um what an amazing loud bar and the yeah. best fans ever um But, like, the visiting teams don't get to see, like, just how beautiful Long Island is. Like, what an amazing place. Like, it's just such a cool city. Um, You know, you got Long Beach. You got beaches. You know, you got everything. Like, it's just beautiful. Mm
0: -hmm. If you can afford it, it's a great place to be.
1: Yeah, I definitely couldn't afford it now, (laughs) bud.
0: Yeah, you're not the only one. Hey, so – you've you've alluded to it earlier how frustrating was that november that year that was uh the the november was uh, atrocious as it was the well that
1: november that november is what killed us joe
0: yeah how frustrating was that
1: well sorry i had to have a sip of the blade and bow um well to be honest man like you know pro sports in any sport basketball football baseball all of them you know uh We're in the wins and loss business. Um, It's all about the wins, right? It's not about the losses. So I can't remember the exact amount of games, but in the National League, you play a lot of games in a month, especially at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year. Um, And they kind of cram them in. And so to go over, as we call it, in November with not getting a win, that pretty much crushed us for for having a shot at the playoffs um you know, so that's tough, you know and and I liked Gordo a lot, um you know, I played for Gordo like I told you, he was my assistant coach in Providence back in the day. we already went over that yep. great guy, um you know, he knows his stuff, uh, I liked Gordo um you know, so that you know you can't you can't fire a whole team that's not producing, so you know that's pro sports so you know, we cost Gordo his job. Um, and then, you know, Jack gets the promotion. So, you know, that made me excited. Um, yeah. You hate to lose a guy that gave you your shot. Um, you know, obviously Garth, and we talked about Ricky and and Gordo, right? Um, so you hate to lose that guy because you don't know, right? right? But they hired from within. So if they get some established coach um you know that's someone that just who knows like right. Mike Keenan I mean there's a million names right that are like been around for forever and if he doesn't like my style comes in I mean he might that's how it is in pro sports like yeah you bring in your own guys right it's like you see that like a new coach will get hired and some guys you never thought would get moved well all of a sudden they get moved right. so you know to get jack who i love and love me in the minors and probably is a big reason why i got the call um you know because he knew i worked out every day It was a good leader in the room and i never i never bitch like if i'm not in i work harder um, i never complained about ice time i mean that's just i knew my role you know and I wasn't confused like um, a lot of guys like in my role that I know in the minors like they complain they expect more they expect more ice time like I was never that guy like uh, I knew when it was my time to be called you got to be ready Um, and when it's not you got to be a good teammate help the other young guys that are not in you know make them stay positive work with them on even though they're better they have way more talent than me like put them through drills and you know you help develop the skill. And when you protect the skill and you're the big brother and they lean on you and, and they come for you for, to you for advice and you're helping them in the gym and you're helping them on the ice, well, they want to keep the, those kind of guys around. It's very hard as a tough guy to get a veteran job in the American League, especially when you're not scoring points. So, you know, fortunately, I was smart enough and I think good enough of a guy to realize, like, hey, you know, Like if I want to, if I want to continue to live out my dream and hopefully get a shot, which obviously I did with the Islanders and I'm forever grateful for that, for that. I cannot express that enough. Um, you know, I just embrace like every day, dude. Like it's just like now. Like when I wake up and I have a heartbeat, like I, my whole attitude is to become half a percent better every day. And, and if you really assess yourself as a human, you fail almost every day, right? It's, it's really hard to become half a percent better every day. Like, and that's the whole mentality of every guy that plays pro hockey, let alone if they're in the East Coast, AHL and NHL especially. Like everyone's trying to get better. Everyone's pushing each other. Everyone's pulling. Everyone's trying to get better. That's the only way that you can survive. Um, so to get Jack is a blessing. Jack liked my style. He likes a rough and tumble game, you know, slash support. I knew his system. Um, you know, so it was, it, was, it was good. I mean, it, it was great. And, um, you know, he's an amazing guy. And, and uh, you know, he was great to me. Um, and he was great to me in Bridgie. And he was great to me in the NHL. So, uh, you know, I like, I love Jack.
0: Now, at, at this point, you know, you, you played a little bit the season before. Now you're establishing yourself now. The fans are just, they love you. They love your style. They love the look. Um, but there was a a bit of a difference of opinion in the gills residence about the mustache now i know uh there was a time <laughs> where mrs gills wanted the mustache to go but uh the boss garth said no way he wants you to keep it and i believe there was sort of a discussion between you and garth about that uh i know you've told me this it story. wasn't it
1: wasn't so much me talking to garth right? right like one thing about garth like as a general manager is like Garth wasn't one of those guys that was like unapproachable, you know? Like, you know, he's the boss, man, of course, just like yeah. any other GM, right? You know, he's he's the commander in chief of the I call it the, you know, the commander of the warship is what I call it. Um, I'm real old school. I I look yeah. at the I look at a team like a family in a warship. So, you know, so when you see Garth, he's always like says hello and, you know, especially, you know, if you're losing, you might just nod at him and you know, that's it, you know, like um but he was really approachable so you know um i'm kind of forgetting where i was going with this but
0: the mustache
1: oh yeah so um so mrs gills hated the mustache right and i told you about the bet, and it went on for a long time and i'm having a discussion with my agent who i love dearly i was his longest client um you know, I'm a loyal guy. He took me from what I call the outhouse to the penthouse, and then we went back down to the outhouse and finished <laughs> out helping other kids, and we'll get into that. And Charles had a blast. But, um, you know, I was with Peter Cooney. He's a phenomenal man. Peter didn't need to work. And long story short, he was a radio guy in in Springfield. And then he ended up owning the team, building it up, winning a couple of Calder Cups with the Springfield Indians, and realized agents don't do a very good job. You know, they're around for... <laughs> and agents might get mad at me. I don't really care cuz it's the truth. But um you like I told you, I'm a, I'm in business. I'm a businessman and um you know, I'm going to speak honest and transparent about it. But mm-hmm. Peter is phenomenal. Like you know, always there. If you want to need to call him, you get a hold of him. There's not a lot of agents like that. So, you know they're usually around when it's contract time or you know, the big dogs get looked after. Well, if you're not a big dog, then you probably shouldn't be with a big dog agent, in my opinion. You should pick someone who's going to to go to war and, and battle for you and, and fight for what you get and try to keep getting you contracts. That's what it's about. So I think Peter's phenomenal, and he has a great relationship with Garth. So kind of ranting a little bit. Um, <laughs> you have to get me back on track. uh, the, uh-
0: there. Mustache.
1: Emails, calls. Oh yeah. So, oh my. I, yeah. Sorry. That's two times in a row. Fuck me. I gotta. I gotta, I gotta wake up. We're at uh, a 10:49, and I thought I could do another three hours with you. I better pick it up. <laughs> so I tell Peter. I said Mrs. Gills is not a fan, and I didn't call her that back then. Yeah. i Said Danielle. Now I did when I got old. You know, mm-hmm. I'll explain that later on when we talk. But I said uh Danielle's not a fan of the mustache, and um you know. Like I told you, Marty McSorley taught me a long time ago, happy wife's a happy life. So I decide that, you know, I'm going to tell my agent that I'm thinking about shaving it. So I tell him and he says, no, no, don't do that. He's like, I gotta, I gotta talk to Garth. Mm-hmm. So he calls Garth. I didn't have a conversation with Garth. Okay. So he calls Garth on the phone cause they're close. And he tells Garth, you know, pretty much what we just discussed. And Garth says, he can't shave that. Like, he goes, he can't shave that mustache. He's like, the fans identify with him. They know him. We have legit shirts that are on the way that are from Reebok called Rock Stashers. Do you remember those, yep. Joe? Mm-hmm, I did. They were pretty sick. Like, yeah. I loved them. Like, mm-hmm. I gave my last one to my buddy who's an American war – you know, he's a war hero. He's a retired Army Ranger. And I gave him my uh, – I, I'm glad he has it. I'm honored he has it, but I kind of wish I had one of them. So if someone has a double a XL, because I'm a little larger now, I would I would love to buy it off you for good money. Because <laughs> I don't have any of them, but I'll anyway, keep an eye out for it. Yeah, yeah. So the Rock the Stash shirts were pretty cool, and then they started selling mustaches at the at the games and stuff. And obviously, like I got blessed to, you know, the fans were great to me, and I love them. They love me as um, not saying I was a fan favorite, but you know, there was definitely probably one of their favorites at the time. And uh, I got to go to the draft party, which was incredible. And you know, I'm a nobody. I'm a fourth flying fucking tough guy. And it was it was me, Maddie Moles, and and Johnny T. Right, mm-hmm. uh, the representatives from the team at the draft party it was super fun, good time. And I think we drafted Nino Niederreiter that year. Um, so pretty much, Gar told me, not me, but to my agent to relay the message um, <laughs> <laughs> that this uh, Trevor does Trevor which he never called me that it would be yeah. gills or whatever gills gilly whatever um he's like well does trevor want to make this amount of money or does he want to go back down to bridgeport and make this amount of money
0: <laughs> <laughs> i could i could so totally and, see and him to saying honest, that and
1: to be and to be honest joe i kind of like i didn't want to shave it you know yeah. but like happy wife happy life exactly. I, like I mean i'd be drinking wine and it, or whatever at a dinner and they would fling on my dress shirt or my what a polo whatever the hell i'm wearing and And, you know, I'm sure it wasn't pleasant because I grew it gnarly, like old school. I mean, I could pull it from the one side of my mouth over to the other side of my mouth. I mean, it was manicured by this. I got to give this guy some props. I forget his name, but there's this like this Russian guy. He's probably still there. And it's right downtown Oyster Bay. There's like an old barber shop there. And he did like the hot shave. Like it was like paradise. Is it across from the Carvel? It's like right downtown Oyster Bay. It's like the only barbershop. It's I think I know a,
0: exactly where you're guy talking there's about.
1: There's a Russian guy. He's a mm-hmm. thin guy, good shape. Yeah. And he was the maintenance. He was my maintenance man on my on my mustache. So I'd go in there, shoot the shit with him. He'd give me the wild faux hawk, you know, and I had it all the way down the back. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd give me a hot shave on the sides with the towel and the scents and, you know, wave it at you. It's like heaven, man. You know, yeah. you don't get that shit in the miners. You're not making enough money to get that shit and so uh you know and he maintained the stash and Mm -hmm. for a while i just let it go wild but then he like started man i started keeping it more manicured for mrs gills after that conversation (laughs) but when i first got there it was like kind of gnarly dude yeah and um yeah i was cool man i mean i i liked it you know i i like i have a bike and you know my dad had one it was kind of like you know it's like yeah it's a cool bet but it was like kind of hardcore right it was it's when you're not a amaz- when you're not a great hockey player and you play my way, it's like, it helped.
0: I mean, oh, it was huge.
1: You know, I think, and I loved it. Like I, it's hard to rock a stash. You know what I'm saying? Like I loved it. Like I fully embraced it and I'd probably still rock it, but you know, I, I don't want to be divorced. I love my wife. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Safe to say, once I was done with the Islanders, the stash came off, unfortunately for the fans. Cause I get fans that are like, grow that back. And, I'd be like, dude, I wish I could. You know, Mrs. Yeah. Gills, Mrs. Gills was not a fan at all. <laughs> <laughs> there's the story for
0: you. Oh, I love it. So, um... yeah. So obviously, I know I was smart
1: to listen to Garth. I mean, I didn't want to go down and make 115 with what I was making, and nothing wrong against Bridgeport. I loved it there, but you know, it's. Uh, do you want to go back to the American League where you've been a million years, or do you want to play in the National League? So yep. uh, it's kind of a no-brainer.
0: So I know one of the things, uh, maybe the thing that you love the most about the role is defending your teammates. And um, one guy who you defended was Johnny Tavares. And there was a game against Columbus where Jared taken took a run at him. It was a late hit. And uh, you went in and you defended John. Do you remember that fight against Boll?
1: Yeah, how could I forget? I mean, I'm not on the, I'm not on the ice very often with Johnny T. Yeah. There was a few times in the year and a half or whatever I was there. Um, you know, Johnny gets the line and, and, um, you know, gets a dump in and going for a change. And as soon as he kind of turns, it was a delayed hit and he kind of plasters Johnny and and you could tell Johnny was not like hurt, but you know, it it shook him up a little bit. Like he could have been really hurt on the play and you know, I'm not confused on my job. So like, I'm not going to ask the fucking guy like, Hey, you want to go? Like, that's the problem with the role. We discussed it. Yeah. You know, guys were like hey, man, because we all all respect for each other. We all know each other. Like, hey, you want to go so we're relevant? Like, I'm old (laughs) school, so, like, I mean, I'm like the 80s when they were winning the Cups, like, uh, which probably hurt me, but I don't really care. Uh, That's how I always – that's how I've always done it. And, you know, sometimes you take a name and you might might get them the next year or you might not play that team. Or if they're in your division, it might be – you know, you might play them eight, ten times in in the minors. But, you know, you're going to get them. Um, Someone's getting them. And I took great pride in making sure that my players, my brothers felt safe at all times. And I feel like if you ask them, um, they're going to tell you, like they knew I had their back, yeah. um, regardless how much money I lose or whatever. Um, so yeah, that one, I brought the fight to him, didn't give him a choice. And, um, you know, that's, that's enforcing one oh one. If I just go and bump them or whatever, they might call me a penalty anyways. Um, you know, we can discuss that in a, minute, in, a in a bit, I'm sure, um, when I yeah. got suspended. Oh, yeah. You know, but that one, no, there was no, I wasn't taking no for an answer. So, yeah. you hit my top guy. He's a young stud. He's arguably one of the best players in the league um, young superstar, and he's my brother, so, you know, you fuck around, you lay around, and, um, that's the whole mentality, and, you know, I knew, I knew Bull had a good, good right hand, um, I just stay active, I switch from side to side, he's kind of in tight, he pins my head down, which wasn't fun, I got out of it, um, you know, that, it kind of, like, puts a kink in your neck, I battle through it, and, Get a couple good rights, a couple good lefts, kind of in tight fight, nothing on the end of my power and bloody him up a bit. But, uh, you know, definitely got a lot of shots in and, and roughed him up. And I think he broke his his thumb in that in that fight on my helmet. Good old Easton, baby. You can't beat him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I love the Easton helmets. What a company. Um, those are the best helmets for fighters. I don't care what anyone... Especially for the shape of my head. It's pretty round. Um,
0: well, I still love the Cooper Knuckle Busters from back Yeah, day, oh, I so. love the Knuckle Busters. Mm-hmm. That's a little
1: past my prime. I grew up with the Knuckle Busters, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, Troy Crowder, all the boys yep. love those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Knuckle Busters is sh- an unreal helmet. Looks oh, yeah. a lot. Especially with some leather straps, you know what I'm saying? But oh, like Gus, I- uh, you can't wear those because I can control yep. your head with those. Mm-hmm. They're screwed in. They're not ripping. Um, but, um. You know, yeah. I mean, would I have liked to have gone him fresh at his best, um, off a draw? Well, of course. I want everyone. I want everyone to have. You know, just like me. I want. I, you should want the other fighter at their best, and they should want you at their best. But there are certain times when things need to be addressed, and that was definitely, you know, a flashing green light, not just a yep. green. So, yeah, no, and if you watch the clip, John literally leaves the bench, JT, and he comes over, gives me a fist pound in the box, saying, good job, Gills, thank you, brother, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it's all about, man, like, uh, whether you're a heavyweight, middleweight, fucking whatever, skill guy, it's like sticking together, arriving five, band of brothers mentality, it's warrior shit, and um, that's what makes hockey so special, and unfortunately it's not quite like that anymore but hey bud a hey, big joe i mean um it's kind of a been a like a, a big what i don't know the exact resurgence. word resurgence.
0: yeah resurgence
2: yes. mm-hmm.
1: resurgence of fighting it's yep. been it's been exciting lately for me to watch um the highlights and be like oh shit like we're starting to go back to the old days here i'm loving it
0: it's it's nice to see and now there was a thing on T S ten today with um Dave Poolin and Mike Johnson. They were oh that, the about kid
1: Gabriel. It. I love it, man. You know what I mean? Like that was my mentality. Yeah. Like, hey, this is my fucking job. You're gonna have to pry this out of my dead hands. Like, mm-hmm. I'm staying here. You know I love I mean? it. That's where, he, that's where his mindset is. So for other guys like John Scott to chirp in, like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> like, I'll fucking go you right now. <laughs> like shut the fuck up he's doing his job he's doing whatever he has to do to stay there and i wrote i wrote the kid yeah i wrote it the other day is that right hell yeah i wrote him i could read it to you if i look it up i wrote him he didn't respond but he knows who the fuck i am
0: yeah i mean oh it's great
1: listen I, I i told him i said hey man hell yeah i'm like i love it dude make it old school i was like leave a trail of blood don't let our world die like i fucking wrote him that well and I love it. I love it. The game needs more. The game needs more of that. Like, whoa! After yeah. a fight and shit, he's fired up. He's in the fucking NHL. He's he's fighting for his boys against guys out of his weight class. Really? Yeah. I mean, he fought. He fought
0: reads. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, fuck yeah! He's fucking pumped. And like, he's playing for guys that appreciate it because Bugner is the coach and Rocky Thompson is the you assistant you coach. You
1: those guys on the bench. It's just like when I fought.
0: Yeah. You didn't see anyone on our bench sitting down. Yep.
1: No one. Yep. That was, like, every one of those sharks are smashing the boards. They know what his job is. They know yep. it's the hardest fucking job in pro sports. Yep. 100%. He's percent he, he got called up. Finally, he's ready. Like, I love it. There's a couple guys I really like in, in the league right now, like um, – there's this young cat, um, this young cat on, um, I think he got hit recently with a puck. Uh, I love that kid. I think he's awesome on uh, Jersey.
0: Oh, Fucking oh the, Got hit with a puck? He's he's pretty good. Something Wood. Oh, Miles oh, Wood. That's Randy Wood's
1: kid. Dude, I like that yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's like, he could play on my team any day of the week. Yeah. The kid runs, he hits, he's mm-hmm. big good looking he fight anyone he's a yep. fucking ultimate teammate it's like Matty martin you know what yep. i'm saying like those are the kind of guys you need in the game man they bring some fucking life like they get the bench going you know create some energy like it's uh, like Zeker. like a heart and soul kind of guy you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like the game needs that shit joe i mean yep. it's like so i i love it like i hope he fucking you know, he's been posting since – I, like, follow him now. Like, yeah. I didn't follow him before. I follow him, and he, like, posts these, like, little, like, almost, like, song edits on Instagram where it's, like, <laughs> raps and shit. With oh, his God. Coach and that. It's amazing. Like, I'm like, the game needs this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he – I love it, man. I hope he – like, I love it. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing. And I hope he pisses off every guy, right? Because he's he hasn't been in the NHL a long time. So nope. – I hope he does. What, that's what he wants. He yep. wants them to come after him. Perfect. Then he's going to stay. He's, he's making a name for himself. I fucking love it. I don't care what anyone says.
2: No, They don't know.
1: They don't know how hard it is. So good for him. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's got a fan in
0: me. I mean, I think it's incredible. No, I love him, too. I love him, too. But another guy who has a fan in me is you. And you had a fight after the Jared Bull fight. You completed the trilogy with Derek Bugard. You're at the Islanders, obviously. He's now at the Rangers. Uh, and this is back when there was actually still a rivalry, unlike today. Um, when you play in the Rangers and he's on that team, obviously you have to prepare for him. But do you know you're going to fight him? or I had, I had fought him thousands of times in my mind, Joe. Like
1: The last time I fought him, it, it obviously didn't go very well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I went great until that shot. But like mm-hmm. I told you, four pounds of pressure can you know you can you can lose a few minutes of your life for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, watching it back so many times and and knowing the mistakes and um, knowing how I was before going up, uh, warrior mentality, had a ton of fights in the minors. Watching yourself walk down a tunnel, realizing a dream, and and um, you know feeling all those you know. Warm fuzzies, I guess you could call them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like all the hairs on your whole body standing up in the anthem. And just the lineup I was in, like the fucking guys on the team. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, Niedermeyer, Solani. I mean, the list is the fucking who's who. You know, they won the cup the next year. So it's obviously, arguably, yeah. I've, I've listened to Brian Burke's book now. and completed it and I agree with him I wasn't on the team I didn't win a cup but you could put that lineup in my opinion the way he developed that team against any Stanley Cup champion and they're probably fucking gonna win like it's I truly believe it um they could play any way you want it they could play a skill game they play a north-south game they play east-west game cutbacks cycles I mean they could hit they could kill penalties. They could fight. Good power play, like great shootout team. I mean, any way you wanted to play, you want to hit, you want to fight, they could do it all. Um, they were sick. Um, and just listening to Brian Burke, who I respect so much, that I played for um, two years in in you know in the in the farm, and he gave me my first game, and and then in playing for him later on in my career in, in uh, Abbotsford, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm-hmm just a phenomenal guy and knew what i brought to a team um regardless of goals and assists and and um you know just just would be honored to go to war for him he called me and needed me i'd fucking be there so but just listening to his philosophy on from line to line if you haven't listen to his book joe you need to because this is a mastermind it's like a lou amarello you know i'm saying and he talks about lou a ton in his book which i didn't know they were that close It's, it's a phenomenal fucking book and it's him it's actually him that is the narrator it's him reading it like it's him discussing it so you feel his like certain things in the book about like family and different things like you feel his like loss and his passion and his heart and Oh, man, it's just fucking really well done. Like, uh, I was, like, really impressed. So, you know, um, it kind of went off the rails there again, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It's my story. I'm it's having true. You. Do you I want,
0: want me having, to bring you back? A real big, Yeah, please do. This All is right. a
1: really great glass of blade and bow. All right.
0: So, to bring you back, the question was, in yeah. your head, did you feel like you had to fight Bugard in that oh, uh, Ranger game? Oh,
1: absolutely, Joe. Okay. I mean absolutely he's the champ he's fucking huge if i wouldn't have fought him there i'm legit the biggest bee on the planet like that fight is happening whether he knocks me out again or not like right. it's happening um and fortunately for me i had a phenomenal fight coach uh, a few of them but the one chris elms who i told you is my rent rental property manager he has tons of houses but you know, I was really skilled at moving my head again and now, and I'm not going to tell you I didn't have like a lot of Vaseline on my face, uh, hidden by nice rubber gloves. I mean, yeah. I'm old school, and had my helmet a little tighter against him. So, I mean, he's a fucking, he's a nuclear weapon. Yeah. I mean, um, we all are as tough guys, but it's very hard to fight a guy that large. Um, I don't give a shit how tough you are. Um, if he was my size, I think the fight would be a lot different, but, um, it, it becomes a very it becomes a fucking huge obstacle and challenge uh when you when you got a guy that long, so you know my whole plan was i'm gonna go up i'm gonna ask him it didn't even come to that joe i if you watch it, I go up to the draw in our home barn, the collie, the fucking fans are incredible the boys all know what's going on. I get to the draw and it's like he like is like kind of like. Fuck you, Gilly, but he doesn't say anything. Right. It's just the way, you know, if you watch it, you can kinda see the body language and he just kinda bullies me on the draw, but I ain't fucking giving in. So it's kinda like it's like two bulls going head to head, like you know what I'm saying? And so Fuck. He gave me that look. We didn't say a fucking word. And uh it's like I'm like, let's fuck you know, like let's fucking go. Like I knew what was happening. And I had a plan, and my plan worked. I didn't win by any means, but I know that if I go off the square off, if you watch, it, it was all planned. Like, I watched all his tape fucking forever. I know how long he is, because I've already fought him two other times, one of them others, which I did well. Um, but we weren't at a square off. So I'm squared off here, and I know how long he is. Like, he can hit me well over a foot, probably, probably at least a foot before I can even come close to touching him before even getting a grab. So I'm like baiting him. I'm like, kind of like going, come on, come on. And I'm like, kind of fainting my little, my hands. I'm like trying to bait him to come. I want, and then he finally does. And he throws this fucking heat seeking missile. And if you watch, I like kind of, I step like, it's like a pro fighter. I like step back out of the way Mm -hmm. so then I can get my grab. And to be honest, Joe, like, I mean, I survived that fight, bro. Um, You know, if you watch it in detail, which I've done thousands of times, there's a lot of views on it. But I have him punched out at the end, like on the ropes, like he's tired. But I like if I would have not pulled him so hard when he's tired, I could have I had lots left because I'm not getting hit. Like people think I'm getting pounded, but I'm not. Like he's hitting me in the body. We got equipment on. Yeah, I feel him, of course. But he throws bombs, man. Like he throws bombs. He's a big fucking boy. He was like two eighty five at the time. He's huge. Like I was like, I was like two thirty two or some shit. I don't know. Yep. And um he's a big boy, man. He's a fucking monster. And um you know, I, I I hate he passed because
2: yeah,
1: man. Ooh, from what I heard, like just a great teammate and um, man, he was he was so challenging and you know that that makes it exciting, Joe. You know what I mean? Like that makes it like you know we gotta you gotta grab your fucking nuts here, big boy. And uh, you know, if there's ladies listening. I'm sorry, but you gotta grab your nuts and, and you know be ready to rope and ride. I mean, it's uh. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, we're both trying to kill each other, but I had to fight it. I had to fight a smart fight because if I don't, he has the potential to not only knock me out on home ice, but to fuck me up for life. Like that is the game we're in. We're not playing patty cake. This is bare knuckle fighting. And I thought I did a very, I didn't really get hit in the head. Like I, I am so tra- I was so trained with triangle blocks and. I land a couple on him, um, you know, but I was, to be honest, Joe, I was kind of like a little, I I wasn't tentative. That's not the word, but I wish I just would have let my hands now watching it. I wish I would have let my hands go a few times, but when you're in the battle, it's, it's tough. Right. Yeah. Um, but now watching it, I'm like, man, I had an opportunity right there, like right there, right there, you know? So like as a guy that's done it for so long, just like all these other guys, you dissect your shit. Right. Um, and I think I, I think I could have pulled out a win there. Like, honestly, that's my honest opinion. I think I could have easily pulled out a win instead of me pulling him like that. If I throw a couple like pull, but also throw at the same time, like throw a couple, And maybe I land one on his neck or I maybe land one on his. He's so tired at the end because he punched himself out because he couldn't hit me in the head. He couldn't because I was too trained. I move in my head a lot. If you watch, I'm moving my head. I'm I'm going to the right. I'm going back to the left. Like I'm out of trouble. Like I that's what I trained to do. And I'm trying to block and everything like he's not hitting me in the head. And I got my helmet on tight. I got Vaseline like I had no marks on my face. Like, you know, I'm proud that I have him on my card three times and I survived. He's the man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I got to give it to him. Like if I just go in there and try to go punch for punch with him, I get laid out. Like he's too big. He's too powerful. He's he's huge. Like it's um it it it's a challenge. Um wh- but it's but it's something that as a fighter, um you know, if they were all easy, it wouldn't be fun, right? You'd right. be a bully. So it was it was it was an honor um but but to you know my teammates respected it z if you watch Z you know you can see he looks a little nervous at the start <laughs> you know z's my boy, I played with yeah. Z for a long time, I mean, we played in the minors and just to see their reactions, you know and I'm fine um you know i didn't win i didn't win it, but um you know, like I told you, you can't win them all and um yeah, I didn't win that one but you know, I went, I went the biggest guy, I stood up for the boys I did what I had to do, and um, it needed to happen. I kind of wish it would have happened a couple more times, um, but I still would have had to fight similar fight. Like, yeah. I just would have had to have let my hands go a little more. Um, but at the end of the day, I got through it, and, um, you know, you live to fight another day. That's, that's kind of how the best I can describe it.
0: No, it was fantastic. Um... But I'm not happy that I didn't throw more. I'm I'm more I'm now watching it as an older man. <laughs> well, you you can always do the the Monday morning quarterback and see what you might have yeah, done well, wrong I mean, or course. what you would have done but, different. I and mean,
1: you're like, man, fuck me. That's like a little. That's a little. Uh, it's a little tentative. Like you know, it's uh, just you know, flip the switch there a couple times, and you know, it could be a totally different fight. But you know, doesn't matter. I'm still proud um, to have fought such a great combatant. And one of the all time best fighters in the history of fucking hockey yeah. uh, And, you know and, and and I'm honored um you know and and I hope he's listening and and knows just how much of a real deal fucking holyfield he was i mean uh you can anyone who doesn't say that Derek Bougard was the fucking man is an absolute liar, like he is. He could fucking hit hard, and he worked on his game. He got to the league, and he was destructive. He was absolutely destructive.
0: Yep. Um Does the date January 13th, 2011, ring any bells for you? No clue. Okay. Um, you played Ottawa, and uh, their goalie was Robin Leonard. Does that? Uh... Oh,
1: nah, I don't know the date. Okay. Um...
0: <laughs> January 13th, 2011 versus Ottawa. Tell everyone what happened that night.
1: <laughs> well, that game I have family in town watching um you know Jack was real big about like going to the paint, right we have certain certain things that coaches constantly say, depending on the coach mm-hmm. that when they constantly say it, it kind of comes engraved, right like mm-hmm. slash support, you know, chip into areas, um driving the paint like there's there's certain things it's been a long time but but I remember vividly, and so, you know, Z's my bro, my bro, and I see Z hunting. You know, not the best skater on the planet, and he'll tell you too. And I'm sure I'm not either. But, you know, we fucking we're blood and guts, lying, buddy. And man, I love that guy. He's absolute best. And um, he goes in the corner, kind of like down the wall, and and we work on it every fucking day. I mean you do these drills since you're a kid. And so I just drive the paint hard. And, um, you know, which is the crease for people who aren't, don't know what I'm talking about. Mm. Z throws like a backhand sauce, uh, to an area to the net. And, um, and I go to the cage against big Robin liner. I think he was a rookie at the time. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Liner, liner, liner. great dude. Love yeah. what he's done to, for mental health. And, yeah. you know, he's still in the league. Like I'm honored, you know, but, but you, you know, it was the first one dude it was it was something special and um yeah it was the boys were fucking fired up man and uh i got a jersey here framed in my office uh of the islanders um the blue one the new style one and i'm going down the line with a pretty intense face like it looks like i'm just saying like Fuck let's go or something you know and
2: yeah i you know the picture see, yep. you
1: can see his, his head in the background with like the biggest shit eating grin like he's so fucking pumped and proud and you know i went to war with that guy for years like so many times like on the same team and you know just a cool pick that uh you know something that's super special i mean obviously i only got two regular season goals but uh no man i mean wasn't the most skilled fucking play obviously just go to the cage hard and (laughs) you can see my boy uh my boy Neil, he's like almost like fucking disgusted when he's trying to backtrack. <laughs> if you watch it, it's hilarious. And he like stopped and realized I fucking scored. You know, we were we've been friends since we were sixteen years old. I mean we don't talk anymore, but like we were really close in junior as I'll tell you. And um like really close. And so to see his reaction and then like me get up, it just to me is just like makes it even better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Yeah, it was good, man. Um, the boys were fucking fired up, you know. And then I think Ricky was in the net, and I go down and I fucking give Ricky the old. I used to go down low with Ricky when we'd score. Well, our line didn't get a ton of fucking offense, but um, you know we we chipped in a few here and there. And um, going down, Ricky put his glove low. It's just you know it's it's a memory that so yeah, I'll never forget. So now we're gonna get. And then it. there was con- there was controversy on the uh, controversy on the controversy on the play too joe
0: oh yeah you like, had to wait because it was reviewed right yeah they
1: went fucking back to toronto with it yes and, um and the and i'm like no like it went off my stick like mm-hmm. it, it's not like i went off my like it like goes off my shaft almost mm-hmm. joe like and it goes in the top of the cage like it's not like i kicked it in the net so they like reviewed it and i knew like it was a goal and so i think if you watch the clip you'll see me say like let's fucking go like kind of deal you know i was always jacked up yeah, man i was a yeah. like super caffeinated athlete you know what i mean <laughs> and they took a while if i remember right yeah, it took yeah, forever it and i knew it was in yeah uh, yeah i mean if they would have if they would have not counted that i would have been fucking oh choked. oh that would have been bad but no, man, it was cool. And the fans went fucking ape shit. I mean, uh, it was awesome, man. I'll never forget it. It was cool.
0: All right, so now um, we're going to get into some stuff with uh, the fan base that loves you the best, and that's the Pittsburgh Penguins and their fans. So <laughs> we're going to take this. I'm going to break this up into. Yeah, hey, I met a seconds. I met a
1: couple of Pittsburgh fans lately here in um, in Augusta, Georgia. Yeah, at uh, one of my accounts, uh, old time tattoo, and this young girl. Um, told me she's a Pittsburgh fan. She's not young, but she's yeah. like in her 20s. But she's young compared to me and the guys that I played with. But um she didn't start being a fan till after like 2013, I think she said. She okay. was like, yeah. so uh, then I didn't say anything. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to fucking talk about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people don't give two shits about hockey here, bro. Like
2: yeah.
1: I don't talk about it. So that's why it's so fun to like rehash some of these memories that I'm surprised are still in the fucking, in the memory bank, like, uh, in the, to the cobwebs, you know, so, but she, she literally takes a pick with me and sends it to her mom, who's a lifelong Penguins fan, and her mom goes, she goes, no, she's like, no fucking way, <laughs> and <laughs> and she goes, yeah, he lives here, like, he, he met his wife in 2001 with the Augusta Lynx, and she's like, she was like she was like really cool she's like is he nice and and she's like he's so nice like he's been doing you know he's friends with everyone here that i work for and um so that was kind of cool you know and i've i've since become friends with some people that used to chirp me online Mm. um some still hate me that's fine i just write them i'll i like i i can't respond before yeah but now like when they write me like everyone has a job right like so I don't go to your place of business and tell you how much of a piece of shit you are, and all kinds of death threats. Otherwise, if I did that, then you, I'd be in jail. Yep. You know, like so. I don't know why people think they can do that to a professional athlete. We all have families. We all have kids that read this shit, and um, you know, it doesn't bother me. It is what it is, man. I call them keyboard warriors. Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know, it's the people that have probably been in about two to five fights in their life or maybe none probably none so if you if you've never been in one then you really don't have anything to say because we have a job to do whether it's on you or someone else or it's just what you do um so you know but a lot of them are cool so Mm -hmm. you know some that i'm like all right keyboard warrior and then i'll and then i'll block them you know i don't even say anything like okay good one keyboard warrior like i don't give a fuck
0: well the thing is you're never gonna win because they they have nothing better yeah there's nothing really to say it is
1: what it is and it's history right so i'm all about positivity and trying to become a better human every day whether that's like i told you half a percent better father working harder at fitness or or business or life or helping others um You know, as my daughter taught me when she was in kindergarten, kindergarten is sharing is caring daddy. So, (laughs) you know, try to have that giver's mentality and, um, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you can look the man in the mirror and, and know you're giving it your all and, you know, fuck everyone else really. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, we can get into whatever you want to get into, but that's where I'm at.
0: Yep. February 2nd in Pittsburgh, you were a scratch. But were you at the game? Were you in the press box? Did you make the trip for that the first game where everything happened with Ricky and uh, Blake Como? Were you there?
1: When Ricky got
0: dropped? Yeah, were you in because you were scratched, but were you I in was the in build- the game, I think. wasn't I? No, in Pittsburgh, I think you were scratched. Okay.
1: Um, I don't remember all that. I remember Ricky fighting my bro fighting yeah um you know went down against johnson johnson lines up one wake switches boom you know hits him with the left hand i believe and um you know ricky i mean ricky lost like some we all lose and um you know but just your your star goalie having that kind of balls is to me is i don't give a fuck if the guy wins or loses like um you know there's tons of guys that i played with that have fought that weren't fighters and that have lost or won, it doesn't matter. Like half the battle is just showing up for your teammates. And um, I can't express that enough. So to have those kind of cajones um, to be willing to do that for your, for your boys is, you know, fucking ultimate respect for me. So anyway, that wasn't the deal. That wasn't the problem. That isn't what people realize is a fight a fight. Mm-hmm. You two willing combatants, whether you meet at center ice, whether it happens in front of the net, whether there's a shot in the face, whatever happens, happens. It's it's two combatants that are fighting. So that's not the issue. But the issue is when you have Mark Andre Fleury, who's still in the league. He's a stud, the flower, right? Yep. I mean, I'm sure I'd love the guy. I heard he's phenomenal. I don't know him. I'm sure he's amazing. Um, you don't stay in hockey. Well, you do if you're a superstar. But yep. from what I hear, he's a phenomenal guy, too. He's phenomenal in the community. He's a phenomenal guy. So, But I don't know him. So it doesn't matter. He's on the other team. He's the enemy. So there's you got the flower. You got Latang, And they're showing their bench. And they constantly are laughing. And they're laughing at our player, mm-hmm. which is my brother and everyone else's brother. It's not just me. Mm-hmm. And they show that shit over and fucking over and over and over again on Sports Center. Sportsnet, TSN, it's just like constant for weeks, right? And, you know, we didn't like that. That's all I'll say. We didn't like that. And we decided as a team that we were not going to be pushed around anymore. So Trevor Gillies wasn't getting pushed around. I'm fighting the heavyweights. I'm doing my job. I'm not winning everyone. There's killers in the league that were fucking heavyweights. Zen Kanopka's not winning everyone but he's sure as shit winning most. And feel like I was too. Matt Martin. We could go through the whole list mm-hmm. of the who's who, right? Haley. I mean, there's other guys, you know? Hammer. I love the young Hammer, by the way. What a fucking guy he is. Yep. He's phenomenal. I mean, there's a bunch of guys, but we decide that no matter what, after that hellacious November, mm-hmm. that we're going to stick to fucking together. We're going to arrive in five. Whether win or lose, if it's a brawl, it's a brawl. It is what it is. And we decide as a team, and after that moment, after that happened, if you look at our record at the end of the year, we're one of the best fucking teams in the league. If we don't have that hellacious fucking November where we don't win a match, we might make the playoffs. Like, we're probably making the playoffs, um, You know, but it was just that's what's so cool about that group, man. Like it was a lot of young, young guns, right? And then you had some of us older guys that are like some of us were playing the minors for forever, whatever. Um, And then you got like a lot of like older studs, right? Like Ricky, you know, you had Rolly. I mean, you had a bunch of guys. Like the first year, you had you had friggin' Dougie Wade. He's a legend. Um, Yeah, but just a bunch of great guys and that are good players and. But when you make a decision as a group that, hey, like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, we had Jack Hillen fighting. My boy, who's still there, what a career. Bailey, unreal guy. Loves fishing. Love his old man. Like, just a great family. Like, yeah, you got Como. You got all these guys fighting, man. These are good fucking hockey players. And I could not be more proud. Like, I don't give a shit what the Pittsburgh Penguins fans think of Trevor Gillies. Like... You know, we stuck together and you know, we did what we had to do and it is what it is, bud. You know, um
0: Well before we get to the revenge game, um, I wanna ask you, between the Penguin games, you guys played three games and the last game it was actually the day before the revenge game, was in Montreal. So obviously you <laughs> can't you can't focus on you can't focus four games ahead of time so i guess what i'll ask is on that flight home from montreal you know you're playing pittsburgh the next night
2: wasn't
1: even just wasn't even discussed
0: not even a little bit no not
1: where i was i mean i'm a 31 year old rookie Mm -hmm. well so i would have been 32 Mm -hmm. so i'm 32 years old and i sit at the i now i'm not at the front of the plane that's where the that's where garth and and the coaches are and shit like that but I'm on at the back of the plane, Joe, yeah. you know, where the boys are playing the high end poker game. Like okay. I'm sitting, I'm sitting the first row of players right behind the media and the trainers.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: But I loved where I sat. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who sat beside me anymore, but um, whatever, that's been erased. But um, I sat because I like, I'm a lefty. I like the row seat, the aisle seat. Right. But right in front of me was Butchie. And the other announcer, they were awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, they'd be crushing red wine or whatever. And, um, man, I loved it. And then if I wanted to go back and chill with the boys and watch them play cards and shit like that, and once we're in the air and you're allowed to do it, then I did, you know, yeah. Um uh, and we didn't discuss it, Joe. Mm-hmm. This was not, people see, people think about this, but it's not premeditated. Right. Like you just, as a, you have thick, you know, you have thick skin, but you're an elephant. Right. So yeah. like even though my memory shit now, um, you're never going to forget like their whole team laughing at our fucking star goalie. Like, like we're a mockery, you know what I mean? And, 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 and giving them credit, they're a fucking better team than us. Mm-hmm. They're sick. They got Malkin Crosby, Latang. I mean, flower. I mean, they got the who's who they're like, they're the best team in the fucking league. Um, You know, but that's a bitter pill to swallow. Like when, you know, and it wasn't discussed, Joe, but I mean, every team I played the same, Joe. It wasn't like I did something different or wilder against Pittsburgh Penguins. Like as my role, I'm willing to go to war. I'm literally... I, when if you watch my warm-up which you have but yeah. most people haven't seen it and i wish there was a video of it i go in the corner after going around the circle and i get down in a mohawk what we call like you're gonna fight like a sumo wrestler and i pray and i don't people believe in what they believe and i believe in the big fella so i like pray to god you know and i could tell you the whole prayer we won't do that but pretty much like i'm ready to die like that's the point. Like. I wasn't the biggest guy, Joe, nor the toughest, but I was willing to go to war for my boys, and I took pride in doing it. Like I loved my job. Like win or lose, I ain't going to stop. Like so, I didn't think about Pittsburgh. I played every team the same. Mm-hmm. Like it depends on the situation, right? It depends on the emotion of the game. It's a fast-paced game emotions run high. We have a weapon in our hands. You're skating twenty four to thirty miles an hour depending on how good of a player you are. It's full contact sport. I mean, um you know, it's uh it's a different beast. And fortunately for us, um, we won that one. We usually got beat we Pittsburgh usually kicked our ass. But uh you know, we um we got up and they had a call up named Tang Grady And You know was a good hockey player Um, You know He had a lot of things to say To Trevor Gillies All night long And he ran around Like he was Derek Bugard Who was the champion of the league All night And took out two of my teammates With high hits With concussions That left the game And We already have that sting From before Warnings 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 Constant Three strikes You're out Motherfucker And so after warnings and you continue to chirp back at the bench because you think that you're safe because I'm not going to get the same amount of ice time as you, um, let's just say that I knew that I was going. Um, So I got ready. And after you didn't adhere to those warnings when you're not a tough guy, this is the game of war. And this is hockey. This is the way hockey was at that time. So instead of me lining up and facing the draw where the the linesman drops the puck, which you already know this. And I don't give a shit what anyone says. I didn't even look at that fucking circle where they dropped the puck. Mm -hmm. I faced him. And I said, you're not so tough now, are you, Tango? Uh, And he just has a bunch of choice words, calls me a goon, like, fuck you, you bum, whatever. And I said, if you touch one of my teammates, it was go time, Joe. Mm -hmm. It was ultimate go time. Flashing green light is all I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. When you, when I say, if you touch one of my teammates on this shift, we're in the D zone. So when we win the draw. Well, then we're going to do a little play behind the net, whatever. Go out the other side. I'm going to slash the port. If we lose the draw, well, then I'm going out to my defenseman on, on the left-hand side. You know, it's the same shit that it always is. I said, if you touch one of my teammates, the shift. Very calm. Mm-hmm. If you touch one of my teammates, the shift, Tango, or the puck, you're fucking dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just run in those soup coolers, Joe. Just <laughs> run in those soup coolers, bro. And for a guy like me... Um, that's probably not a good idea, especially with the history. He wasn't involved in the history. He got called up, but you can't run around when you're like running around high hits, acting like you're the heavyweight champ when you're not tough. That's what people don't understand. So he didn't touch anyone on the shift, Joe. But like I told you, like I warned him. It was go time, is all I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say nothing else. It was a flashing green light. Mm-hmm. That's my job, Joe. So when we go down the ice, quick turnover just over there, blue line. Tracking back. I'm supposed to stop in the teeth of D-zone coverage on the left-hand side. Identify the situation. Good stick. Stick on the ice. Stick on puck. Stick in the lane. In lanes for passing lanes. Everyone knows the fucking game that knows what I'm talking about. Instead, I see him going to get the puck. So am I happy that he got hurt on the play? Absolutely not. Do I wish I could take that back? Absolutely. I don't. I didn't try to injure him. But I got high step in it like the goon he told me I was. <laughs> picked up speed and kind of launched in the air and it is what it is. It was immediate go time, Joe, is what I'm telling you. And then a bunch of epic shit happened. And, um, you know, Islanders fans love it, Joe. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, Pittsburgh fans don't. (laughs) But, um, you know, that's too bad. It could have been the other way around. And the best part about this story is we stuck together and everyone fought you can watch it all it's still probably the most talked about game in history i mean i'm villain number one that's fine with me i don't give a shit i was honored to do the job for my boys they knew what it was about and doesn't matter about anyone else so after getting a nine gamer and losing a lot of money won't disclose the amount mm-hmm. um mrs gills wasn't very happy but it is <laughs> what it is i told her it's like this is my fucking job this is what i do um you know, after after coming back, you know, well then obviously we realize the next one. Mm. But when I get to when we get back to playing Pittsburgh, it's not like I like and don't know it's coming. I know I have to pay the Piper, my friend Joe. Mm. So you're a warrior. We'll discuss we could discuss your shit at any time. We haven't yet, but I'm sure we will. Mm. It is feast or famine. So if I come gingerly to the draw against that, the hand of God mm-hmm. and Eric Goddard and just think I'm going to like play fucking hockey this shift, well then, what do you think he's going to do? It's a flash... It doesn't matter who says what. That's all I'll say is it's a flashing green light for Eric Goddard. Yep. Same as a flashing green light for Trevor Gillies. So instead... I man the fuck up. And I say, and I know Goddard. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. I've never hung out with him. I respect the fuck at him. He's one of the toughest in the league. He's way underrated. He's a killer. I fought him many times. He's a killer. And so instead of me coming in there and being like, hey, like fucking, then I'm, he's going to cross-check me in the back of the head or punch me in the back of the head, and I'm going to get pounded in the ice and probably end my career. He's a killer.
2: Yep.
1: So what I do, if you watch, is I come in there, it's April 8th, I believe. And I come in there against Goddard. And I said, I said, Hey, Godzi," I was like, uh, I go, I pretty much like, uh, we got to go, don't we? He said, he, and, you know, he would usually talk to me if it was mm-hmm. not in this the case though. But yeah. I said pretty much like there's other stuff, but it wasn't bad. It was right. like a gentleman conversation, but not really a gentleman. Like I, you could feel it. You it know was intense. Saying? You can feel it. Something's Mm -hmm. coming. But instead of me just thinking like, oh, whatever, and then me getting fucking smashed, what I did is I paid the piper. I paid my penance. I'm fighting one of the toughest guys in the league. They got no one else. Everyone's like, all these new fans are like,
0: oh, he should have fought England. Yeah, I saw that. Uh What?
1: Mm -hmm. Derek England at the time was nothing compared to Eric Goddard. Mm -hmm. Eric Goddard is a top two, three NHL heavyweight. I know it's coming. So what I say is, I was like, "Godzi," I was like, we got to get this out of the way, don't we? He said, yep. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right. I was like, do you want to square off? Do you want to go right away? He goes, nope. Square <laughs> off. I said, okay, brother. I was like, you know, pretty much like I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I knew what the fuck was coming. Yep. Like, so we square off. And I fight one of the tough, and I was so trained by our training staff I got bagged so much because I was out of the lineup. I was in the best shape of my fucking life, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm fighting for my life here. Like, I, I crossed the line. You know, I got this coming to me, but I, I squash it right here. Mm-hmm. That's why nothing ever happened again. Right. Because in the fight, fortunately for me, which I didn't always go this way with Goddard. He's a killer. He's, he's edged me out a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like, he's tough. He hit me so hard through my helmet in another fight, and when I was in the NHL, that I felt every shot. Like luckily, I have a Easton on, and it didn't come off. Like he's tough as fuck. Mm-hmm. So in this fight, it's going pretty good, but I get I got my cross grab going from my fight coach, and I tie up his right hand. He can't hit me, and I land a couple, and I drop him. So, but I, I like that right there squashes everything. There's not nothing else. No one on their team can do. Mm-hmm. He is their nuclear weapon. He's like pushing the button and and country's going away. So I paid my penance, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's like getting a jail sentence and fucking going to jail. And then you get out, you know, it is what it is like, you know, and I'm just proud of the way I handled that. Like I could have just been naive and thought, oh, I'm not going to fight him. Like what? Yeah. You're a fucking moron. That fight's happening. Like, it's happening there. So at least that's what I'm telling you. I'm not not a retard. I knew what was going to happen, Mm -hmm. and I owned up for my shit. And I fucking did it like a man with the toughest motherfucker, one of the toughest motherfuckers to ever lace him up. So, you know, I'm proud of that. I trained my ass off, dude. I got bagged into the ice every day by our coaching staff, and not in a bad way, like mm-hmm. working on skill skating. I'm not playing. Yeah, I got to be ready. Like, they know what's up. Like, we play these guys. They're in our division. Mm-hmm. It's happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fortunate for our training staff, how hard they push me and our coaches, you know, Dean Chenault and – And my boy, the bulldog. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, I could have got fucked up for life in that fight. Or in any other fight. Like, this is the heavyweight division. So, you know, that's just how I look at it. Like, uh, you know, you have to be ready. Every time you drop your gloves, it's kill or be killed. We're not out there like, this isn't what it was about. You know what it's about. Like, we're trying to fucking kill. Like, we're not trying to kill. But you're trying to knock the other guy out yep. playing plane simple. So, hey, man, the, key, the people who don't know, they don't know. If you don't know, yeah. now you know. <laughs> Remember that song? Yeah, I do know
0: that, actually. A right. It's a great rap song. If you don't know, now you know. All right, so now I want to ask you a few specifics, though, and you can answer or not answer. That's fine. Okay? Oh, be transparent, obviously. Yeah, no, I no, you are, and that's fine. But but again, I don't want to. I don't want you to feel like you have to. But one of the things that um, struck me was when you were being led off the ice, and I don't know who the linesman was. I only know that he was wearing number sixty-eight. He kind of manhandled you a little bit. Like he almost, you looked surprised, like the way that. And I don't mean manhandled. Yeah, like I was. You I was.
1: I like kind of chirped at him a bit. You looked pissed. Uh, yeah, I was pissed. Yeah. Yeah, I was pissed. Uh, kind of chirp at him a little bit, and, and what other people don't—they all think like that I'm the most classless motherfucker on the planet, whatever. I don't—I've heard it all, Joe. I just yeah. don't give a shit. Um, but ultimately, their trainer—I don't know his name. He might For still st- be in the league. That was I could my next care, question. I could care mm-hmm. less, yo. Mm-hmm. What people think is I'm constantly taunting a down player, right? Is their exact words, mm-hmm. but I'm not their trainer while he's looking at him is yelling at me that are calling me a goon. Mm-hmm. And I'm like telling him like, fuck you. Like pretty much like, fuck you. Who are you? Like, you're yeah. not as a coach or a trainer or a staff, you're not supposed to be yelling at the players. No one mm-hmm. does that. Right. Mm-hmm. So for him to be yapping at me, I'm like, I'm like disgusted. If you look at my face, yeah. like I'm disgusted mm-hmm. standing there and I'm right by my boy shakes Mm-hmm. shakes and goto if you look Goto's our massage therapist mm-hmm. asian guy he's the man dude like he used to make my legs feel like i was in fucking heaven after like we we had to get on the table mm-hmm. you know and, and do massage and he's an absolute scientist i mm-hmm. mean like oh, it was amazing so like obviously you let the big dogs go first but man you got to get on the table so like the goto was my guy dude i love goto man and i uh, love shakes he was phenomenal um Shakey's still a trainer, and and I believe in the American League. In you know, Iowa, uh, Iowa, yeah. Mm-hmm. But y'all, you know, Shake, there's good people, man. But I knew I couldn't go back on the ice when right. I see Hales jump the boards, and you know, and then you know, luckily Goddard, when he jumped the boards, Goddard missed him with that shot because.
0: Oh God, yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, he might still be laying there, or we might be <sighs> going to Hales's grave. Mm-hmm. And I love Hales. I mean. Yeah. That was, like, one of the most epic first games in the fucking history of the NHL. I don't give a shit what anyone says. I don't care what what fan of what team you are. I think he gets a goal or an assist or something. I think he gets a goal. His
0: first NHL goal.
1: Yeah, he gets his mm. first NHL goal called up. Mm-hmm. And he has, like, three fucking fights. He fights a goalie. He's in the middle of a brawl. I mean, it's, like, absolutely one of the most epic NHL games of all time. Yeah, 100%. Um, You know, but, like, I knew I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Like... I knew I couldn't go, but everyone thinks I'm yelling at a down player like constantly. Yep. And I can't say I didn't say anything to him. I didn't know he was fucked up. Uh, I barely landed anything. I had a whole pile on me. I had Adams on me. I have all these guys on me. It's not like I'm landing punches. I didn't realize he was hurt off of, you know, I guess and now watching it, obviously it wasn't a clean play. He <laughs> has to be kind of a moron to think it was a clean head. Um, I'm totally out of position. It was what it is. It is what it is. But, um, you know for their trainer to be chirping me i'm i'm yelling at him like i'm telling him like who the fuck are you if you watch my voice, if you look at me i'm like who the fuck are you come over here and i'm like waving them over here Mm. um you know and and it is what it is man i mean um you know most most islander fans
0: love it oh god are you kidding me a
1: lot of and a lot of and anyone who's a real hockey fan hockey fight fan they love it um you know and and we got a lot of Pittsburgh fans that total, that get it now that, that the people who have met me off the ice, right? Yeah. Um you know and and I'm having cocktails and and my nice in touches right now and I'm having a good time and I'm I'm probably being a lot more honest than I've ever been about it but you know do I hate that Eric Tangrady got hurt on the play? But like let's be honest, he played a couple games later. Like yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Oh yeah. There's certain guys that are you know, do way that do crazy, crazy stuff like whatever break necks and mm. you know, there's there's things that happen in, in, in the history of the NHL. It just depends who you are, right? Yep. You know, I'm an easy target. Like mm-hmm. I play just like any tough guy. They won't, They're trying to get rid of our role, and and they pretty much have. Thankfully, we got some guys now that that are good hockey players that can still do it. And um, otherwise, I would never watch it again and be like ringette. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like ringette, and had nothing wrong with ringette for the girls that play ringette. I love <laughs> ringette. I used to watch it. I had a girlfriend that played it. Um, you know, it's a great game. Skill pass over the blue lines. It's uh, it's not easy. I've tried it. I've played against them. Um, but ultimately, hockey is the last sport for modern day warriors. And you have full armor on, and you have a stick, and that's why it's a contact sport. Otherwise, it would. If it wasn't contact, do you think people would watch it? Nope. I don't I don't either. I wouldn't nope. watch
0: it. Nope. Now <laughs> let me ask you a question. So the beauty of that game, let's talk about for a fan like myself. So the beauty of that game is Oh, I know you love it. Well, you love every of it. <laughs> well, after everything happened on February 2nd, I go and look at the schedule and I'm like, "Oh shit, good. They play again in the 90s." So of course, I have it circled on the calendar, but you could have done everything I would that happened Right. Well, right. hold on. You could have done everything that happened in that game and lost the game and I still would have liked it, but the fact is you guys beat the shit we out of them. Beat their ass. And and beat their ass on the scoreboard. Yeah, so, that's what I'm
1: saying. We yeah. that well, the fights some of them are pretty even, but
0: Oh yeah, but in we, general me
1: and Goddard had it pretty even one, yes, like yes. uh, nothing special, but you know, we both kind of had enough and yep. Was, said he was done okay that that's what you do you you mm-hmm. you, you know you listen um you got to be a dumbass to keep hitting a guy that's right. like oh no, it's not that's it's it so you know but we beat their ass on the scoreboard yep. like that never happened joe like and, they beat our ass like they, they beat there, our ass on the scoreboard you're
0: you know? you're sitting there and you're watching the goalies go back and forth from flurry to johnson back to flurry back to john i mean it, uh, on the bench I, you had to be – let's forget about the bench. After the game, you're in the locker room. I forget
1: room. all that. I don't remember all the goalie switches. Oh, me. the
0: back and forth, back and forth. So now after the game, now people obviously, you know, they uh, it's different now with the COVID and they do the stuff via Zoom and stuff. But basically what happens is the beat writers go down to the, to the dressing room. But before they get a chance to talk to you guys, locker room is generally closed. It's players only, coaches, <laughs> staff. Um and maybe no you one's know, ever
1: asked a question like this all
2: right all so, right i see where you're going
0: I, i'm just wondering after the game nobody has access to you guys and you guys now you said it a million times over the course of all these hours you refer to yourselves as a band of brothers you guys go to war with each other you come off as these victorious gladiators and now no one is there but you guys what is the mood in that room <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, as the guys are getting booted off the ice, there's already a few off the ice before I get off, mm-hmm. and um, and then I join the group in the lounge. So the lounge is where you take off your suit. For I'll break it down for people who don't realize. Like they probably think like. Well, a lot of you know because you've been in NHL dressing rooms. You're, you live in Long Island. You're a Long Island fan, so you know. But a lot of people, other people who don't listen that have maybe a junior team or a minor league team, they don't understand that. There's a really nice room where you have your nameplate, and that's your stall. It's not like you switch. When you're at home, you have your own place. You put up your nice watch. Some guys have like JT has like a book that he scouts goalies. It's like your own personal things there and that's where you hang up your dress clothes and then you know you put on your gitch is what we call it and it's like in a bag with usually either like a a little rubber thing that you know seals it so it doesn't open up in the washer and dryer or it's velcro and it has your number on it and all that like me 14 you know jt91 all the boys and so you know, you put on your getch and, and your running and shoes and, and that's what you, you know, you they start taping your sticks or whatever your routine is, you know, reading the game notes, uh, you know, slowly doing different things, stick handling, warming up, whatever. And most people don't talk about this. That's why I'm trying to let fans have an inside track of what it what it's like. Um, some guys got heat packs going on. Some guys are getting a hot tub, a cold tub, whatever they're doing might be on the table getting stretched might be getting some therapy you know guys show up really early like fans don't realize like how early athletes get there to prepare for war is what i call it you know most people think it's just a hockey game nowadays but um you know we're we're going to war uh war for two points and it doesn't mean fighting it's we have to win all the, we have to win our one-on-one battles. We have to win our puck battles. You have to win, you have to hit, you have to, you know, it's just, it's a lot to it. Um, So it's kind of like war. That's what I call it. Um, It's constantly trying to get an edge on your opponent. Um, And yeah, man, Um, so kind of off track.
0: Yeah. We're talking about the uh, atmosphere in that room after that game. Oh, it was wild. Players.
1: Yeah. So when I come in, when I come in, um, the boys are like y'all watching it jacked up and we're sitting on the couches. So that's why I started explaining the room. Yep. Then I got off track. Cause like just to trying to explain some things yep. that, that probably don't know, but there's couches there. There's mm-hmm. a few couches and there's a big TV and we're all around it. We're in our half gear. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you come off, like you're pretty much on your way out. Adrenaline's going, you're like peeling off shit, right? Mm-hmm. You're peeling off your elbows. You're peeling off your shoulders. You know your bucket whatever and you put it in your stall and then you're immediately like you know there's more shit going on like this is just absolutely insanity like there's a bunch of fights already before me and you know you got guys in the locker room that are your that are your boys so you go you go see them and then we sit down and we watch the show it's just like everyone else watching it like watching it at the arena live watching it on tv it's like going to a movie with your family you know what i'm saying like So we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to stop. We don't know if it's going to continue. We don't know if it's going to be absolutely madness. Like if it turns into madness, well, then you feel like you let your guys down because you're now you're not available. Right. So especially in my role, that's one of the things Marty McSorley taught me at a young age is, hey, no matter how wild it gets, you got to be available you're our, you're my, you're our guy. Like you're, you're the guy. So like you want it whenever I would get kicked out, he'd be like, you know, he'd give me like teaching lessons. Like I learned a lot from him and um you know, so like, I'm just hoping nothing gets crazy. Right. So obviously I see hails go down square off with Johnson, you know, it's going to be pretty you know, he's pretty big, like, Hales is small, but I know Hales, like, Hales has got the best under, underhand cross grab move in hockey, i never seen anyone do what he does, like, most people don't even know how he does it, I do, because I play with him, and I'm, like, thinking, alright, well, this is gonna be pretty interesting, like, this is epic, like, we got a kid, we got a guy right from the minors that just, fuck it, I play with him, he's a fucking warrior, He has a great goal. He's playing an unreal game. And now he just fought already, like, I think twice. And he goes down. He's lined up with a goalie. And I'm thinking, all right, well, this ain't going to be an easy fight. Johnson's like 6'4 or 5". I mean, he's long as shit. Hales is like 5'9 or something. Like, he's not 5'8. You know, he's not a big guy. He's ripped and big, built. But I'm, like, thinking, all right. Like, this is wild, you know? Like, I'm literally watching this while I'm standing there, and I can't go on because then I'm on it, and I'll never play another fucking game in the league. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then I see Goddard come in, and I'm thinking, oh, my fuck. Like, and I want to go out so bad, Joe. Like, you know... You know that's when I feel like Oh my god like pleat And then I see him wind up and I'm like Thinking in my head like no one's ever heard this I've Never talked about it never even told my wife this Because I love Hales I play with him And so I'm thinking Oh my god like I see it And I and all of a sudden he, like he doesn't land it And I'm thinking oh thank you yes. Thank god like Because if he lands that punch Hales is a tough cat but he don't See it yeah. it's from behind like He's he'll be out he's done you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so and in that moment if he lands that joe it might change the complexity of the things that happened
2: right
1: if i see my boy laying on the ground like that i cannot promise you i've never told anyone this because i've never truly thought about it Mm -hmm. besides to myself yeah is if things don't go a certain way I don't care what people believe in, but like it was made to happen a certain way for certain things. Mm-hmm. It's just like anything in history. Things happen for a reason. Yeah, It would change the complexity of the whole dynamic. It would change the whole history of everything. So fortunately he doesn't land it. The refs get in there pretty quick. We have a melee. There's a bunch more wild stuff that happens in the game that's, uh, you know, pretty wild for today's standards but you know not really that wild really um you know i don't think um could have been way worse joe you know that's the thing like people don't realize like it was still like it was still you know i want to say it's pg-13 i mean it's probably rated r but um you know it's not
0: unrated film yeah. <laughs> you know if, what I mean? If you break it down by incident, if you break it down it's not that bad.
1: It's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, like at one time, my boy Franz, who's the most underrated NHL of all time, is in a very vulnerable position. Um Zenit Kanopka has one of their guys at his mercy. Talbot. Who started the remember. whole thing. Who started yeah, the but whole I'm thing? Saying, like there's many mm-hmm. incidents in even in some of the fights that were let up on that any thing that goes past that line. Well, then now we're talking like a whole nother wild incident, right? Like, um, you know, I mean, I mean, it might be a blemish if to some people, um, but to me, uh, it is what it is, Joe. um, I think it's a turning point with the team, maybe the franchise. And um, you do what you got to do. And quite frankly, I don't regret it um, at all. And I'm never going to say that I I do. um, Because no one was really hurt. Uh, My players got hurt more from high hits Mm -hmm. in the game. Then all that, yep. they just, they, they try to give it a black eye. Um, but ultimately people only look at that game. Right. They only see those clips. They only see that was cause that's what the media does. Yep. They blow shit up and they focus on certain individuals and I don't give a fuck what they do, mm-hmm. but know the history. If you want to chirp, especially on social media know the things that led to this incident and then if you have valid points i will listen to your valid points and i might be like all right well that's that's a fair rebuttal um anyone who you know has any intelligence would be like okay but most of them you're gonna be like well that guy's a fucking moron has no idea what he's talking about he probably played like house league hockey he probably didn't play mm. so your your point is irrelevant you don't know the game you don't know the inner workings of the game and that's just the fucking truth joe i mean
0: i think um and i and and this was uh, not anything
1: and i went of, on a rant there but you know i'm i am i do i'm it's obviously great. passionate about yeah. it. yeah you know it's it's the fucking truth. No, uh,
0: I, I as I was doing research for this, and and I obviously I remember everything that happened. Um, but as I was doing research for this, one of the things that really jumped out at me is, um, obviously, you're always going to get the keyboard warriors that we discussed or everything. But I, uh, I think in terms of <laughs> the, the,
1: uh, well, in terms, I of, wish I could read you some shit, uh, buddy. Well, over the years, it's fucking epic. Well, I'm sure like, I I'm, read a
0: lot of it, it too.
1: But... Yeah, but you don't see them. These are like
0: private messages. Oh, okay, okay. So
1: like, um, you know, I would read this shit to my wife while I'm in the national league Mm. and we would just start cracking up. dude. (laughs) Like, it's like that crazy, Joe. Like, you know, if you ever, if we ever see, if we ever see you in Pittsburgh, we're going to fucking murder you, you pussy. Like that's all this (laughs) crazy. Like, and that's, that's like, so PG, like I'm not in any justice. Like some of the shit I would be just like, tell my wife, I'd be like, Yeah, okay. Like, (laughs) that would really happen. Yeah. Like, do you think I ain't ready? Like, I'm ready at the gym, dude. Like, I'm ready. Like, I'm always ready. So, unless they got an Army in or AK-47s or AR-15s, good fucking luck.
0: (laughs) But uh, the one thing I want to say is you're always going to get that from the fans. But I, I think that you took a lot of shots from people in the media. I think you know, and not just the Pittsburgh media. I think you took oh, easy I, you, target, yeah, easy, easy target. target. I think you, I think a lot of it was unfair. Like you say, I don't, I don't think a it. lot of them bothered to go back and look at what the genesis was. And I I, I don't know, no, like they
1: don't give a fuck about that. They I, don't.
0: Is it is it possible not to take that stuff personally when it's going on? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's such a good question joe thank you hey it's
0: loaded joe hey that's a loaded
1: question joe
0: it's not my first rodeo
1: ah it is (laughs) what it is joe i mean you know the deal i mean there's really no point in getting into it right right then i'm like totally suing a certain organization and we obviously know it's super powerful and they're protected and uh i'll do a i'll do a good enough job for you here where you'll get the justice without me diving in like i could give two fucks um i'm not in the league i don't give a shit about them i care about my islanders Mm -hmm. i only care about my islanders still do you know Mm -hmm. i'm not a part of the organization i'm not a scout i'm not an assistant coach Love the fans, love my teammates, love a lot of the guys on the team. Some of them, most of them, I've never met. There's only a few left. Yeah, Um, That's pro sports. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, the history of the Islanders and what they've done as a franchise in their past and the fan base that's there and what they have now and what happened like in the nineties and then when I was there and all the different years. I mean, it's history, buddy. I mean it's um it's it's kinda cool. I mean, um who cares? I mean <laughs> Do do there, we talk about there, There's naysayers and everything in life, man. I mean the the negative Nancy's and you know I mean the Islander fans that were alive, um, and knew it, they love it.
2: Yeah, oh
0: yeah. So,
1: I do, mean Do I bring it up- is what it is. I mean, it's an epic moment. I mean do others probably not like it? No. There's tons of incidents like this in hockey. Sure. Like it's not it's just some reason that it happened to the Pittsburgh Penguins that it's such a big deal. Um you know, one of the most epic comments of all time, I wasn't going to bring it up, but fuck it, mm-hmm. um, is my boy Kinovka. Mm-hmm. You know, Mario's losing his mind or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, Mar- Mario's arguably probably, you know, one of the best on the planet. I'm a Gretzky guy, personally. I got so sign- I. I got a signed Gretzky mm-hmm. picture right here, um, right beside my desk. Yeah. I don't have a Mario picture in my office. Uh, yeah, I can probably neither do, do I promise you that but uh <laughs> <laughs> when he's chirping you know yeah. whatever and um when kanapka says in the media um pretty much that he lost all respect for him and that his his picture of mario that's hung, his poster of mario hung in his room his whole life has been torn down
2: yeah i remember that
1: absolutely epic mm-hmm. and it might not be like that because it's been so long ago yeah. but it was delivered like that yeah that just goes to show you like how close we were mm-hmm. and how much we had each other's backs it's not like it's not like guys were like what the fuck was gillies doing you know what i'm saying yeah like, it's not like that um
0: well i think the thing with mario also is the guy employed another thing yeah the fans will love this our yeah. fans the rest of them can fuck off okay
1: so when I got suspended for that game, mm-hmm. the ultimate compliment by your brothers and your family and your and your teammates is when I lose that money from doing that and I'm the brother and I'm mm-hmm. the lowest paid on the team. Everyone knows that, like mm-hmm. all tough guys are. So we have a board where we have you put up systems, the lines, the like, and, and the like, And then you have, like, you know, it's new school, so you got, like, video, and they can do, like, little things on it and with, like, a pointer and markers, whatever. And, um, you know, for people who don't know, I'm just trying to explain, like, the inner workings of a dressing room because no one talks about this. Um, But on the right-hand side of the board is usually where players, like Ricky, Johnny, all of them, all of us especially if it's a team that you used to play for, you're drafted to, which I wasn't drafted, but like, you know, certain things, you might have your family in town and guys, guys will call you out in the room man. they'll be like, Hey Gills, isn't mom Mom and dad, isn't uh, mom and dad Gills in the, in the room, in the, you know, in the Island, in the Collie, whatever they'll say, you know? And um, you'll be like, yeah, you got to own up to it. They know your fucking family's there. So you put some money on the board and what people know, players talk about this, but it's super special thing because, you know, if we lose the game, you never want to lose. If you lose, you don't pay. Mm-hmm. But if you win, you pay the fu- what's called the fine fund. And there's a fine master in the room. And so I don't remember who it was, but it's like it's like being, you know, head of like the treasury or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of us pay like and those and that money goes to like halloween party Super Bowl party you know gifts and different things right it might be like we take money out of the fine fund to donate to charity or or different things i mean it's it's used for lots of good things and um for my teammates to put their names their number well it's all by numbers mm-hmm. in the national league that people don't realize so this is for the Pittsburgh fans so they can understand what it's really like. Is For my teammates, pretty much every one of them, to put money on the board when we win the game, it goes to Trevor Gillies. That is like the biggest compliment ever. If they didn't approve of what I did, no one would have put anything on the board, and I would have been sent back down to the minors, where they all say, get back to my cage. <laughs> 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 that is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's absolutely epic. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, that is a huge compliment, Joe. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. uh, know, I'm not going to say the total, but I got like yeah. a nice chunk of change from my brothers. You know, from my family, and that's great. That is like an ultimate compliment, Joe. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the negative Nancys and the keyboard warriors, the uh, they can say what they want, but uh, they don't. They don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. So. There's a little, there's a little tidbit for our island fans to realize how like awesome our team is and and what it really is about.
0: Well, um, and because you've you've alluded to it a few times, so I don't want to just not not discuss it. But um, what you've alluded to is the what I went through, and and I always whenever people ask me about the story what happened to me on the subway i always start it with the gate the day before which was the revenge game because um i wasn't at the game because we were living in philly at the time and i always say how you know i was chomping at the bit the whole day um after the game's over i'm wired i can't sleep so i'm watching nhl network i'm watching all the highlights because i can't get enough and uh, so I barely slept. I maybe got four or five hours sleep that night. I go to work the next day. And, uh, you know, for people that know me or people that have listened to the episodes I've recorded, uh, that's when I got into the whole incident on the subway with the spree killer and, and all that stuff. And um, I, Your and the, book
1: your book is epic, too, for anyone I, who hasn't read it.
0: I, I appreciate it's, that. Uh, it's
1: impressive. I, I have it right here in my office.
0: Thank you. And, and the one thing that... Um, that's always been very important to me. And again, I'm not going to get into the the negatives about it. How I was screwed over by the city and stuff like that. But the one thing I always say is, um, there were certain people and certain organizations that really. Uh, you were at me. my house before yes, that, and right? After. Yeah. So it, it, people we really were friends imp- before
1: that, and after yes,
0: that. but I was friends with you before the incident. But then after the incident, and you know, I, I had already known Dean Schnout a little bit and everything. Um, Love Dino. After that incident, though, it was like I you guys and I, I'd i never, you know, I didn't know too many other people. Like I knew Carrie Gwider a little bit. Obviously, I knew Carency, but I didn't know a lot of people on the team. And after that incident, uh, you know, amongst the people I always give credit to is always like yourself and the, and the organization, because, um, you know, and even Bogsy, I'd known since Norfolk. So I, maybe I knew five or six people down there. But love
1: uh, everyone you're naming. Yeah. Good people, man.
0: But and after the incident everybody you know from from Tavares down to whoever you want to say whatever really embraced me and really took me in like we, we discussed a few guys like franz nielsen um a guy that i always talk about that i i would love to talk to again it's been forever al montoya was unbelievable to me like really really nice you can guy. reach
1: out to him on social media bro. i don't he's know where cool. he
0: is but like guys like michael grabner i'm still in touch with on uh on twitter oh grabby
1: um, he's probably the fastest fuck yeah. he's one of the fastest nhl players of all time it, it
0: was just the way Great that, dude. the way that you guys sort of Bad-ass like. car <laughs> <laughs> but just the way you guys would have pumped me up <laughs> prop me up like i could never ever repay everybody in that locker room for the way that you guys really treated me and and helped me through like the worst time in my life so um you're the first guy that i've actually had a chance to interview from that well team. It's, the, it's the
1: same so. it's the same thing as this right joe like it's not the same because you were dealing with like a killer and he had like an actual weapon that was stabbing you and jabbing it in your head. And I've seen all the pics, like almost cut your thumb off. Like you were a mess, bro. Like, but you never been in a fight in your life, but you're a huge fan of hockey, fighting and UFC. And it's that instinct, right? Mm -hmm. It's fight or flight. And you chose to do what you had to do to stop a spree killer which is a hero, you're a hero. Like it's, um, but it's, it's just the fact that you realized, and I've talked to you about it, like you're thinking about your family and just like, just things that happen when you're in a battle. Um, I hate that happened to you because I know how good of a dude you are. Um,
0: I appreciate that,
1: you know, but that you know like, how close you were to death, but that you were able to, like, overcome it, you should be, like, so proud of yourself, like, and I don't know if you are or not, Um but in my opinion, you know, even though we were already friends, like, that makes me, like, love and respect you so much more, because, like, that is fucking amazing to me, like, you know, fuck that guy, mm-hmm. like, I'd fight him right now for you. Like, I'd love to, um, to the death, like no, no referees. Like, let's just, let's just do it. Big boy. Like I'll go visit him if you want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want, I don't know how to
1: say that, but whatever. No, that's fine. Fuck that guy. No, It's just, you know, like dude, like you just always, you're just such a good man. And like, you've always like all the fighters I know, like there's so many, like, you know, I, 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 call you the fight doctor like all of us do um you know it's just you just never know in life like when it's our time right but you defied the odds and god had a bigger plan for you not to get into all that but like you know it's um it's unfortunate that it happened joe just like the incident with pittsburgh and whatever other incidents there are and people's lives but ultimately there's no rear view mirrors in life my friend uh dear friend taught me this it's only forward Mm -hmm. um you know in hockey business life or golf and and i'm honored to call you a friend because you made it out the other side and there's no rear view mirrors like you're you know you're doing a great job you're a great husband you're a great father you work your ass off for your family and you're the american dream and and fortunate that you're still around um but you know i hate that you went through that
0: well yeah i mean uh first of all yeah, thank you thank you for all
1: the... yeah the boys were awesome and yeah but it's because you deserved it you know you had already earned all our trust that's how hockey players are like yeah. we're nice to everyone right mm-hmm. like um well most guys yeah. uh you know if it isn't for the fans then you don't have a job yeah. um and I was big on that, like I'd stay as many hours as they want, like I'm honored that they want my autograph to, be <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, but like you know it is a blessing to deal with any fan mm-hmm. that loves you, but especially someone who you become friends with and that earns the trust of the of the of the group, right, so that's an ultimate compliment to you no friend. i
0: appreciate that and that's why i always uh you know I, I wanted to you know hopefully down the road i'll get a chance to talk to matt martin or, or z and and i can publicly thank them too just like i want to publicly thank you because um you know i always say it's well it's,
1: my you know my me and mine the gillies yeah the Gillies southern oh, yeah. clan i call it the family yeah. gillies the, family loves you no i, I know and, and i know both your boys yeah and, your wife and you're just great people and you know just very fortunate that you were blessed that day and yep. were able to um you know do what you had to do in a very tough situation so you should be very proud of yourself that you had to fight and not flight in you because you would have not be with us my friend
0: no thank you thank you very much uh you know i love you and uh just everything that you've done for me throughout the years and just your support and your friendship has uh means the world to me so uh so i really appreciate that thank you
1: well my pleasure it's easy it's easy when it's easy when it's all the truth, brother yeah. that's all I'm gonna speak is the truth um, and you're a good dude um you know, and shit, what are we on now? not eleven hours eleven <laughs> hours, twelve minutes so I mean, I think the longest one I did before this was like two hours, so you know this is fun for yeah. me um you know, just just our history and our and our friendship mm-hmm. um you know this is this is cool because like i told you i don't discuss hockey here unless someone says oh i heard you played hockey you know like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then they'll be like oh i I did someone told me to look at your fights and uh, i was like yeah i didn't win them all um you know there's always someone bigger and tougher and if you win them all you're not fighting the right guys you know the stuff and just kind of deflect things but um you know i always have a nice line for them i was like oh i I told you I guarantee I'll fight to provide knockout savings to your bottom line or, or <laughs> on your base slash fees, yada, yada, yada. But, um, you know, it's the truth. I mean, they can go watch it. Yeah. And some people like I, they're, they end up being my clients and I save them a bunch of money on their credit card processing. But, and then they, someone tells them about me and they're like, you're always just so nice and professional. And, and which obviously that's how I am. Like yeah. when my chin strap was up, I was a different dude. and, mm-hmm. And any other hockey player can understand that. Like, mm-hmm. um, we're all different off the ice. Like, yeah. we have family, we have kids. Um, you know, we're just you know normal people that have a job to do. And and some of us are a lot more skilled than others. Some of us toe drag and backhand toe drag and forehand sauce and backhand sauce and the shit I didn't do and score goals. And <laughs> and some of us have to provide for our families by being the big brother and and protect the and to protect the. The team um you know so it, it's kind of it's kind of nice to discuss your, your life's work with a friend mm-hmm. um you know because i don't i don't ever discuss it like i don't it just doesn't we don't this is a this is a football baseball basketball um area and mm-hmm. and now lacrosse and some other sports but like hockey's not on the map so um you know dude do like i'm honored i'm honored to, to chop it up with you no. good you know the good questions the bad questions uh, i feel like i'm i'm being as honest as possible
0: no you're being great and fortunately there haven't been any bad questions either well you're a stud
1: <laughs> and you do your and you do your research so uh and you already kind of know but i mean like the way you word certain things like i've never been asked that so you know when you put that much you know the two things you can control in business and as a professional athlete is how hard you work and how prepared you are. Mm. Those are the two things you can control as an athlete. You can't control your playing time. You can't control a lot of things. The same as in business. So for you to be as prepared as you are and ask certain questions that, um, (laughs) um, are very, could get certain detailed responses. Well, then I feel like it's in, my nature to respond with a nice thoughtful or at least dive into it and just let the heart speak um answer without even sometimes thinking so that's a compliment to you because yep. most people just ask bullshit questions and mm-hmm. then they, that's why their interviews are one hour and they're talking about different things yep. um that people think are funny but they're <laughs> like their rope or (laughs) (laughs) you know or or (laughs) what what a rope on that guy or whatever um but they're not like Mm. you know it's it's fluff i Mm. call it and then they got to make sure they do their their live at their live reads Mm -hmm. and um you know i listen to a lot of podcasts obviously joe so i'm not ignorant on the topic uh i listen to hours of podcasts weekly Mm. um but you ain't doing any live reads so um (laughs) because you
0: know? <laughs> I don't have any sponsors.
1: <laughs> well, hey, let me grow big enough, and I'll, I'll sponsor you. That? <laughs> no,
0: that's awesome,
1: Because it's going to happen. It's really close to on its way.
0: Oh, man. Uh, I love but it. no,
1: man. No, it's been fun, bud.
0: You were suspended. Okay. they The, the game, so many suspensions, fines, this and that. So <laughs> do you have to make a – do you have to go in person – to New York city to talk to the brass or do they, is it a phone call? Uh, how do you find out you're suspended
1: in that incident? Or do you want to know many incidents?
0: Oh, the, the Pittsburgh incident.
1: So, um, you know, we have a hearing Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's in Buffalo. Okay. So, you know, I call it the judge, jury and executioner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um it is what it is yeah we won't dive too deep in okay. it i really really could yeah but um colin campbell is the the guy yeah and they got a representative from the php uh, the nhlpa yeah you know your agent garth whoever that are in the room um it's not like your family's in there and yeah You go over the incident, Mm -hmm. and um, the incident is what the incident is. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty much a formality, Joe, Um, about as educated of an answer as I can give you. Um, For people who don't understand, what I'm trying to spell out is they already have the amount of games in their mind Mm -hmm. They already know what you're going to lose. Um, It is a formality with the union because of our players' rights that they have to do this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, um, quite frankly. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And I took it like a man Mm -hmm. and paid my penance, like going to jail uh prison whatever um went to nhl prison we can call it and got out and as they say you go to the box for two minutes Mm. you feel shame and then you're (laughs) free so (laughs) 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 hey one of the best chirps i ever got joe Mm. and this will be hilarious to people who really know me because i normally don't speak this freely but I just cracked a bottle of Crown Royal XR as I told you off air Mm -hmm. and it's worth well over $200 uh, north of $200 and I have it on some ice and you can't you can't disrespect a crown bottle of high-end bourbon or whiskey by adding something to it so it was saved for a special occasion when I got to a certain point in business but I'm getting close Mm -hmm. and um, there's not a better time than to crack an excellent bottle with my dear friend, Joe Lazito of Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box wow. because you're epic. And wow. I feel like we're both epic and I'm chopping it up with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just going to be so much more epic. If I have a really nice buzz that I'm working on <laughs> um, on St. Patrick's day. So, um, you know, and I never drink but uh and especially during the week but uh you know cheers to you my friend and i'm gonna have a nice sip this is a really high-end bottle for someone who wants to check it out crown royal xr let's go
0: well cheers to you also and uh as i've thanked you a million times for this uh, i'll thank you again and um thank you so yeah uh, so
1: i got i got suspended mm -hmm. and um my parents came um i have amazing mom and dad i'm sure i've mentioned that earlier Mm -hmm. and you know um Everyone knew that I was going to get, as I call, pee-pee slapped, so it was just, how many am I going to get? And so, you know, shitty situation um, sucked, but uh, made the best of it, man, just like anything in life, it's only forward, baby, you know, just kicking into gear, let's go forward, mom and dad came down. Um, Turned a bad situation to a, a much better one, being able to spend time with your loved ones and go to dinner and talk about whatever. Um, it's very, and, very
0: weird it was in Buffalo, though. Is, aren't there offices in the in New York City?
1: Well, maybe I'm confused, and the second one was Buffalo, but okay. the one of them was in Buffalo.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm just surprised I think, they but, wouldn't all be in New York City. Nah. Yeah. Nah, it wasn't. It Maybe was... Coley went to see his son play or something in Buffalo. It was
1: Buffalo, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. And um I forget he was across <laughs> the table. It was a guy I used to watch. And and I uh, and he fought too. It might have been King?
0: Chris King? I
1: think it was Chris King.
0: Yeah, I think he was doing something like that before uh he's doing Chris the video King, stuff. Chris King
1: was in the meeting. hmm. Um this might have been the second one I'm remembering. I can't remember, but man, I, gotcha. you know, I got dung. It is what it is. Yeah. It, it 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 is what it is. But okay. uh, the 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 funniest incident. This is this is fucking hilarious. And no one, I've never told anyone this. Check. So we play at Madison Square Garden, and me and Avery, you know, Avery's one of the best. I mean, I love him. Like I don't know him personally, but I have buddies who are very good friends with him. I played against Abe since the time he was 15. I was 16 in the OHL. He played for the Owen Sound Players, Ontario Hockey League. He was a stud player. Always run his mouth. He did it when he was young. He's a year younger than me. He's in 1980. I'm a 79. And, um, you know, I've been in the minors a long time. It's no secret. <laughs> I'm a fucking, I was a career minor leaguer. So, you know, he has let me know. And I'm letting him know. I've told you some other stuff off air, which we'll keep between us because it's totally fucking epic. It would blow this whole podcast out of the water. Yeah. You know, it's wild, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we have a lot of words, uh, back and forth, back and forth across the red line, man. It's pretty fucking fun to me. And, um, I'm sure it was fun to him too. He thrived on it. So did I. I love that shit. Yeah. I miss the chirps in, in the real world. I miss the chirps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna create a book, Joe. It's called Chirps, and I was gonna put all the best guys. Like, I mean, there's some epic guys. Like, I mean, I could get Hartnell, some of his. Mm-hmm. There's some NHL guys, but there's tons of minor league guys. Like, I could get this book of chirps that I that I could create that would fucking make millions, It'd be nation nationwide bestsellers in America and Canada. But I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I uh, don't have time right now, but maybe some days. Like it was, I used to talk about it when I played when I was younger about creating a book called Chirps.
0: <laughs> you got Z. Z's the king of the chirps. Ah, he's
1: not bad. I mean, I, Z's not bad. Yeah, Z's pretty good. Z's pretty Z good. Pretty, Z was pretty quick witted. Yeah. Uh, had a, had a very sharp tongue. I like mm-hmm. to call it. I feel like my chirps were a little more fucking offside. And, um, right. you know, I wouldn't say a whole lot. I'd laugh, uh, give him the death stare. Very intense. You know, my look, I mean, it's yeah. not like it wasn't an act. Like I just, you know, highly caffeinated and, um, loved it. And when my helmet's on, I'm a different human. I'm not like that off the ice right. uh, at all. But, um, my chirps, I could say, are absolutely samurai swords. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: the ones I know very of, yeah. They're
1: sharp, mm-hmm. and they're direct, and they sting. Yeah. And, yeah, they're kind of hardcore. But, um, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yeah, Z was a pleasure to play with. Z was the best guy I've ever played with on a team that was able to stir up the other team and convince their tough guy to fight me, in the especially in the minors. Because mm-hmm. Z was the best at starting shit in warm-up. Because me and Z both don't like guys crossing the red line. We're yeah. so old school. Mm-hmm. Like, if you cross the red line in our fucking barn, that is a huge lack of respect. You're liable to get your leg slashed off by Zenin mm-hmm. And then we, we, or me, but I didn't really slash. Right. But someone's getting you... And then we're going to have a nice little talk. And if it's go time, it's go time. Mm -hmm. Then they usually would back down. But we would have games won before the fucking puck drop. I mean, you can ask Brian Burke that. Like, he was the absolute best at convincing guys that knew they could not go in the minors that weren't like the upper tier, like old guys, like Mm -hmm. there's older guys that like are making, you can pretty much look at their salaries and know the ones who are, unless they're like a killer young real deal guy Mm -hmm. that were the, were there, you know, they're the assassins, but some of the, the mid echelon, like still legit fighters. Yeah. He was the best at riling them up where they knew they had to go. So like, for a guy like me that was hungry to do it all the time, like every night, especially when I was younger before concussions, that was so fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, you got one of the best leaders in hockey who plays old school, like block shots with the face, like fucking hit, <clears throat> fucking, fucking, let's fucking, like, you know, <laughs> he can barely talk because his nose is smashed, unreal on draws top power play, he's on the power. top power play, kills penalties, like fucking every situation, win every draw. Like, he's the ultimate teammate, like, yeah. especially in the minors. But to have a guy like that, that was, like, just so pro on your team, like, literally tell the coach, like, we need Gills in the lineup. Like, he's not afraid. Like yeah. Like, no one's like that, man. Like, so I'm honored, and I wish we talked more, you know, I, I truly do like I, I reach out to them and I get crickets. Oh, good! <laughs> I, get, I thought
0: I was the only one.
1: No, I get crickets. <clears throat> I get fucking crickets, as we say <laughs> in the game. <laughs> okay, but um, you know, when we meet up at the Islanders alumni mm-hmm. thing, um, you know, which unfortunately hasn't happened with this bullshit. Yeah, and you know, it's a real deal. I get it, but um, you know we need fans man mm-hmm. hockey's got the best fans in the planet they're getting robbed the players are getting robbed i mean we need fans in the building and so when i get to see him and and some others like and the like you know there's so many guys like it's like no time has passed joe it's yeah. like we're still young playing in portland maine for the fucking pirates in front of sold out crowds, the <laughs> best HL team, one of the best HL teams ever assembled um, by Brian Burke, the architect, the commander of the warship, I like to call it. <laughs> and then like to remember the days of like the Island, like it's like no time has passed. And that's how, you know, you're truly brothers. Like we all have fucking kids now that are older and that are amazing, but like, to just be able to like spend those three days together, it is my favorite weekend of the fucking year now that I'm just in the regular real world. Me and my wife like truly look forward to it. So once this shit is done, I hope every Islander fan comes up to me because I will stay there for five hours and miss the fucking game. I tried to last time. But uh, Mr. Ledecky and staff made me come in. Um, I stayed with him. He is an amazing man. Yes. Um, What an amazing owner. Um, He stayed, like, longer than me. And I was just thinking, like, man, this guy is awesome. He is. He is such a fucking great guy. I mean, shit, I wish I could work and play for him. (laughs) Um, I mean, honestly, like, it's amazing um no one does that joe mm-hmm. you know like he's just incredible yeah. um but to be able to chop it up with the guys you played with and then the legends who are like hall of famers and and won all the cups even if they're not hall of famers i mean it's just like a first class weekend by a first class organization that i couldn't be more proud or um more proud to be a part of
0: well I am uh, even if we, we do end up in Florida I'm definitely coming back for that weekend that's for sure so
1: I, I hope you do we'll go we'll yeah. go have a cocktail
0: yeah we're definitely I'm definitely coming back for that I already Andrea it's, I and, think
1: it's over these days but for you yes. I, I'm, I'm having <laughs> this Crown Royal XR is like hot butter and a nice a nice knife going through a, a nice fillet at one of the nice Mortons or nice steakhouse across our beautiful country we All get right. blessed.
0: Well, listen, when I see you, I'll even let you b- take me to Morton's if you want.
2: If
1: that's what Joe Luzito wants,
0: don't guess, <laughs> baby. He not- All right, so let's get back to the season now. Fight, doctor! I was not there for the Penguin game, which I regret Give me those to this fucking
1: thing. VHSs. I just got to find a VHS that works nowadays.
0: Well, the vh I still man, have you VHS. You Give me as... and Bemer back in the yes. day, Bob? Yes, yes. Oh, oh uh... yeah.
1: Come on, the Fight Doctor, baby. Come People on, don't man. know about it. We got to let them know. No. I'm the first one on here to talk about the Fight Doctor.
0: You're talking about me too much.
1: It's the fucking truth. You no, give me, the... I... well, you give me DVDs you. before yeah. YouTube, and then I study the guys before I'm even in the league.
0: I know. I, I do my best. I try. Fight doctor. I know. But you guys deserve it. All right. Let's get back Let's to Trevor Gillies. I,
1: I, that's why I still look decent.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to corral you back to talk about yourself now. So I was not at the penguin game. I regret that, but I knew which game was first after your suspension. So again, even though I'm living in Philadelphia, Andrea and I come up, we're coming to the game against Minnesota. Okay, and I'm really looking forward to it. So happy to see you out there during the warm up and everything.
1: I was buzzing. I was in great. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. So let me let me read to you what I have written down, and then I want your take on it. Okay. <laughs> you come to the defense of a guy who I really like. By the way, I wish you would have got a longer shot, uh, Justin I like uh, J Dubs. I think they called him. I call him Deeves. Okay. Now. He was... Debo. We call him Debo. Okay. Now, this is how I saw the play. Great kid, dog. I saw the play like this. Cal Clutterbuck, the same Cal Clutterbuck who is beloved here now, boarded him, um, and then you go in to defend him, and you lay a clean hit. I saw it as a clean hit. Now, he stayed down. Clutterbuck stayed down until you were penalized and thrown out of the game. Then, miraculously, you're out of the game he pops right up, doesn't miss a shift. Now, I think his hit on De Benedetto was way worse than your hit on him. i behind. But I'm it's, behind. it's obvious to everybody. So, you so, had a target on your back. So, uh, yeah, well, that's obvious. Like, right. I
1: just got off of a nine-game sussy, sussy, we call it. I just got off a nine-game sussy against mm-hmm. Pitt. And there's obviously a target. Yeah. I mean. You know, but I'm wired one way, right? You gotta, you gotta ride the line and not try to go over it. But once in a while, you go over it. You gotta let them know you're there. It's like slap shot. So <laughs> let them know you're there. Bleed all over them. So you know, long story short, I play with Debs, um, You know, Debo, um, Justin De Benedetto, good player, great kid. Um, play with him in the minors, and he gets called up first National Hockey League game. And we have a system slash support. So you got one guy slashing one guy on the wall. You know, if you don't have a play to the middle or the D, it's a little chip off the boards to flying support, right? It's, it's happens all the time still. Um, you know, and, and Debo gets cranked from behind and, and Cal um is one of the best hitters in the national league like he leads the league it's either him or martin pretty much every fucking year that leads the league and hits um i respect the hell out of cal quarterbuck like i love him as an islander like i think that's the best fourth line in the national league by far and um i hope he realizes that i that i like love and respect him he probably doesn't give a fuck but you know to be honest like You know, he's a great hockey player. Um, Grew up with Johnny and JT and and a bunch of the boys. Like, he's a great hockey player. But, you know, the way I'm wired is I see the hit, and it didn't matter if it was Debo, who's a young rookie, who's his first game, he's on my line, that I love, that I played in the minors, or who it is on the team. He hit someone from behind. And in no one's defense, but in what happened was, if I finish my hit there cause I'm coming across anyways, it's, it's like point something seconds. It's impossible to put on the brakes or react when you're already committed, you know? So it's just, the game happens fast, but where I make a mistake is I follow through because of the hit. It's not like just a hit on a rookie and he's down is I follow through with sweet. Well, I already have a target on my back. Everyone knows that. So I follow through with what I call sweet chin music. <laughs> so I land, and this is where the best point is when I'm had that hearing and I get them to stop the clip, they, he tries to let it run farther where it makes it look like I hit him from behind. I did not hit him from behind at all. I hit him totally from the side. When they tried to let it, when the, te- when the, the people, let's just say the people, Let it run, and then they finally stop it, Joe. This is so epic. No one knows this. Is it stops exactly where you see I hit him perfectly from the side Mm. when they're trying to say I have intent to injure from behind, which is total bullshit. It's from the side where I fuck up as a hockey player is I fall through with the sweet chin music from the 70s or the 80s. And I fall through with a little fist to the face. So, obviously, you know, I don't think he was hurt at all on the no. play. We know he wasn't. He came back and he played the rest of the game, I think, next shift after, yep. you know, that I got kicked out. So, do I hold that against him? No. Because he's doing what it takes for his team to win, which is to draw a large penalty on a guy that already has a target on his back. Um, and it worked. They didn't luckily, thankfully for my boys, I put them in a tough situation there, which I do hate very bad, but they kill it off. And we, it, it doesn't totally affect the game that does it, Honestly, for people who don't know, because I'm owning up for what I did, is it puts a lot of stress on some of your key players that are are that fill a lot of minutes is when you get a penalty like that, a major penalty, and they have to kill it, it puts a tremendous amount of stress on the amount of minutes they're playing, especially hard stopping and starting, blocking shot minutes in the d zone um you know, which is tough um that's what I don't like. You know, I'm very fortunate and, and proud of them for doing that for me to, to, to still win or try to win. Um, you know, but the actual play, if I don't do the sweet chin music, it's not a bad play. I might still get kicked out because the target's on me, right. but it's not a 10-gamer. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: And, you know... I love, I think Cal Cloderbuck's phenomenal. I'm a fan of him when I watch The Isles, um, and I know he's a great leader, and lots of good things to say about him. I've never met him personally. I'm sure we'd laugh about it now. Um, you yeah, know, Mrs. Gills might not, because I lost like 64k, I think, on the play. <laughs> God damn. But um, you know, when you're making 500, that's a lot. Um, but I mean, he, you know, he did what he had to do. Um, I think he won. he could have won an Oscar on the play, but, um, (laughs) you know, but it is what it is. Like if I got cranked and well, I would never lay there because Don Cherry is my idol and uh, he would kill me. Um, I get roasted by him and then I would literally not, would never want to play hockey again. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he took up for me by the way and i love don cherry so
0: yes he did yes, yeah i'm he did. pretty
1: old school i love me some don cherry i always yep. loved him never met him in person someday i hope to oh, um me too. you know, he coached against me when i was in the ohl and he was with the Mississa- mississauga ice dogs um just an absolute legend but you know for him to have my back it, it may- means the world um compared to um you know both both professionally and personally of course um compared to some of the other people we talked about that it was easy target. you know um easy to take that side that stance um but for for him who knows hockey um knows the ins and outs of everything from the old days to now um people can call him a dinosaur then call me dinosaur. it doesn't matter but um that meant so much to me like more than anything um you know, but Cal's a phenomenal player, and, and I'm a fan of Cal. So um, I never met him. Hope to one day. I'd laugh about it. Yeah. I mean, it. Any, it's history, man. Like, it is what it is. Like, um, But do I feel proud that I was there for my teammate and brother when he was a rookie? I played with him in the AHL, and then when he gets his first NHL game, would I do it again in a second? Um, absolutely. I would do the exact same play. I would just keep my fucking hand down. Yeah. Um you know, I would have finished him from the side, because that's what it was, and they were trying to make it look like a from-behind hit. It was not. Um, and that proved it when they stopped it at their hearing, when they fucked up. It was epic to me. I, I laughed in my head. I always thought it was amazing. Um, but I would not have followed, I would not have followed him through with the left hand, the sweet chin music. Um, <laughs> that's what cost me, because I already had a target on my back. I, I sh- As an athlete, I should have been a little smarter about it.
0: Now, you just come these two massive suspensions, uh, nine games and ten games. Still didn't stop me. Never fucking quit attitude. Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because now the ten-game suspension is over. Your first game back is against New Jersey. And I think for a lot of people, they would be hesitant to do really anything, because as we've said, there's a target on your back. And that did not seem to be the case with you. Did it ever cross your mind though like Nothing's I think going to stop Trevor Gillies hockey.
1: Yeah. I know one way, Joe. You know that. That's no, why No, I know, love, I know. That's why real hockey fight fans love me because yeah. you can't play if you go in if you go in, you know, you know trying to lightly dip your feet in the snow to not make tracks for the the tracker to to follow you then you're not there you you're fucking useless. Mm-hmm. So, um You know, it's one way or no, it's one way or no way, buddy. It's, uh, it's ride
0: or die. Well, the reason why I ask is because, you know, like you have already mentioned, the two suspensions, you lost a bunch of money. So now it not only affects you, it affects your family, this and that. So I think if anybody Yo, I was
1: making more money than I ever made in my life, nothing yeah. was affecting my family. I was in fucking heaven. OK, um, you know, no, to be honest, I yeah. mean, like mm-hmm. when you know, you're already living a very great lifestyle, mm-hmm. making just over a 100 grand. Yep. And, and, you know, you might do a little work in the summer, like a bunch of hockey training with locals, with local kids and trying to help, you know. You know doing hockey schools trying to help like future future kids develop um you know (laughs) i mean compared to the rest of the population unless you're a doctor or a high-end lawyer i mean there's not many people that make that kind of money um so you know i mean i was still living a very great life and um you know was living a great life when I was working my way up making no money. So it's like, you know, it's just like anyone else. You work hard for what you get and be thankful for what you get. And the more money you make, the more money you spend, Joe. And, um, you know, if you're smart enough, then, you know, you save more than you make and you live within your means. And, um, you know, it is what it is. Like there's sacrifices and everything. And I don't regret it, you know. Um, I'll work harder now to make sure my kids get it out of school debt-free and just like every parent tries to do their best for their kids. If you can't, well, then maybe you leave them with just a little debt. But my whole fucking plan is to get them out of school debt-free and um, doing that just fine. So Excellent. shit happens, and mm-hmm. and those are things that happen. But <laughs> I had an epic – there was an epic thing that happened. So my wife is not – a public speaker like i could talk on here to you which we've already done for by the time we're done it might be a whole fucking day (laughs) and i'm fine i love it so you know it is what it is it's my life yeah uh and i'm never do this again this is only for you well i appreciate that i'll do some podcasts but Mm -hmm. i've already you've touched everything yeah so they're gonna be like sloppy seconds as uh sean avery says is that controversial
0: (laughs) not for you you didn't say it
1: (laughs) exactly i remember everything like an elephant oh yeah that was a fucking wild line oh yeah so um anyway whatever we won't get into it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but um yeah man you know i i'm blessed i had a good life uh if i die tomorrow joe um I lived a lot more than forty-two years, my friend. And oh, definitely. Um, you know, well, at the end of the day, shit, I'm still alive, bud. Mm-hmm. And uh, every day I wake up with a heartbeat. I I thank the big fella, and it's it's time to um, be blessed and unstoppable, and absolutely uh, do damage. You know.
2: Well,
0: don't die, okay? Please, not tomorrow. Well, no, anyway. no, 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 I don't plan on it, brother. No, Man, I, know. I love, I love
1: admit it. <laughs> I know. But um, you know, we're not promised tomorrow, and, yep. and you know, you know that more than anyone. So. Yeah. It's not a it's not a woo is me. This is uh this is nothing but positive. Oh yeah, um, yeah,
0: no, it didn't come across that no, way.
1: So. No, it's this is nothing but positive. This yep. just goes to show everyone that like no matter what's thrown at you in life, like it's N F Q attitude, like never fucking quit and it's only forward and you got a job to do and when you get called to do it, you do it and if it doesn't work out, great, well then you go on and do something else. Whether it's in the same style of business, or another style of business, um, you know, anyone who tells you they haven't lost, well, they're living, they're not living, so, uh, you know, you fail more than you succeed, and, um, you know, just like anyone, I'm human, I've failed many times, but, uh, you know, the journey is just absolutely the the funnest part of life, and, um, dude, like, (laughs) For someone to tell me that I was going to get suspended or play in the NHL after that long in the minors, from the good, the bad, the ugly, to the highs and the lows, and staying even keel, and just chasing the carrot, I mean, I'm a blessed man, so, you know, I know. I don't think I can explain that enough to, to people who are listening that truly, if they're listening this long, so we're at three six nine twelve we're at 12 or 12 hours and 10 minutes currently i believe on my clock um maybe a little less because me and you chatted off air a few times
0: yeah um, we chatted off air and took pee breaks so we're probably a little under 12 right now
1: yeah i mean yeah. if they're listening this long joe like we already lose the pittsburgh people as soon as it says <laughs> <laughs> yes. let's be honest
0: no yeah,
1: yeah be honest. Like they are not listening to part 4 where we discuss the Pittsburgh incident unless it's posted on social media advertising, which I don't care if you do. I I think it would be hilarious. But um it's my story. Yep. And and I know the truth. They're watching it from the outside. They're not on the inside. It's like going to a rock concert and being like, "Damn. Pearl Jam or this band, rah, 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 like fucking they were so good." Yeah, well, you don't know how fucked up they were the night before or what they did right before they came out. Like, I mean, there's a whole lot more when you know when you're on the inside, you know? I mean, like, there's a whole lot more than people realize. And if you were smart enough to know the game like some fans do, some fans truly know because they're actual friends with guys on the fucking team, God forbid, that they might know a few more things that don't get let out because we're on the internet. You know, it's, it's a miraculous thing. It's the internet, Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the reason why I say that to you is because you know fucking every detail. I don't even need to tell yeah. you. We, we're not going to discuss them. Yep. So, you know, that's what happens when you're like an actual friend to professional athletes because they love you and they know that you're a fucking real deal. And you, you know, that's what, It's like anything in life. It's who you know. Mm -hmm. Like, you got a million gatekeepers, right, keeping you from the CFO or the office manager. depends on the size of the company or the owner. But if you know the owner, even though there's the gatekeepers and they know you can do something, they tell their CFO and their office manager, hey, it ain't your money. I want to save this money. Give this guy what the fuck he needs, so at least we can see what he can do. It's free, it's risk free. Let's do it. Let's jump in the water. You know. Yeah. People don't get it, man. Like, and that's fine. But you get it, and that's why we're gonna chop it up like real old school. Chop it up. And this Crown Royal XR is fantastic.
0: <laughs> well, the good thing, the good thing about knowing knowing some some of the players is. My next question. So we I'm get to the season finale. Time. We get to the season finale, which is in Philadelphia. So now that's where I live. So we get
1: to work early morning too, just like a savage. Just get up early morning, <laughs> go for a sweat. Get the endorphins going like a man. And just hit the phone and, and just get working, Joe.
0: All right. So listen, there's and- picture I want you to remember this because you may not remember this. Sorry. Focus. Mm-hmm. We're in Philadelphia. Now, the good thing about Philadelphia for fans who, who've never been down there and they're you only used to the Coliseum. So yeah. the Coliseum behind the benches, there's high glass. And I don't know if they've changed it in Philadelphia, but in Philadelphia behind the benches, the glass is pretty low. So for the fans are the best. They chirp so hard. Right. I fucking love it. Right. So for the warm up on the season finale, of course, I went down and saw you and Z and you know, Matt Martin, I'm sure was dressed and we're talking and we're just bullshitting, you know, the season's over. And all of a sudden I see Carcillo who's taking the warm up for Philadelphia and he's not grilling me, but he's like, and you and Z were in the same area towards the bench and he's just staring at you guys. Like he's doing the skate and everything skating. And I said to you, I'm like, Hey, I said, Carcillo's grilling you. And you're like, what, what? And that was it. And it was like, I lit an M 80 and then that was it. And and if people go on to get images and they put in Trevor Gillies, there's a picture of you and Carcillo in the warm up. It's your back and his front. And that's what happened after I met Yeah, you we're you.
1: patrolling the red yeah. line. We're going back and forth. Yeah. And it was
0: great because as soon as I said he was grilling you, that was it. It's like I flipped the switch. So um, so every time I see that picture, it makes me laugh because I'm like, I inadvertently did that. Like, I didn't know what was so, going to happen.
1: So, but... you know, and I'm sure there might have been fireworks, but – probably him not with me he might have been with z or somebody like that Matty martz but mm-hmm. i believe they had Shelley or somebody at the time or you know whatever they had someone else um not him he wasn't heavyweight <laughs> he tries to think he is but he wasn't um much better hockey player than me but um you know that's fine yeah um you know and i love like he's like an avery right like he's a big hitter he's very tough um for his size and he could play and Um, you know, he's an agitator, he's good at what he does, like Avery, um, but like, I love that shit, like, that gets me fired up, to play harder, and, um, you know, like anyone in my role, you know, doesn't really, it's just kind of like, a game within the game, right, and, um, you know, it is what it is, that was fun, um, I loved it, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, to talk about Philly, like, it's one of my favorite cities. Um, when I got called back up, my first game against, uh, back in the NHL at 31 was against Philly. I took the train there. A luxury train the Isles got me on. And um, I just remember, like, how incredible their sound system was. Yeah. Um, it's And they had the best fucking warm-up tunes in the league. Like, bangers. They had just, like, bangers, man. Like... Um, you just like fucking hopping around like it's fucking national league, Joe, you know, and, um, It was just such a cool city. Like, played there in the minors against the Phantoms at the old, you know, the old rink where the Broad Street Bullies played. And, you know, they got, like, the Chart House there. Like, just an epic restaurant on the water. They got Maggiano's. Like, you know, you order chicken parm. Like, this is the shit that's more fun than, like, the little Carcillo and warm-up. Like, everyone does that shit. We talk shit. That's what we do. We're hockey players. Like, it doesn't happen as much now, but that's part of the fun of the game like that gets it riled up that get we're we're in division we're division rivals like you know that makes it fun like that that is not anything negative with me like he's doing his motherfucking job he's showing he's ready like i like that shit that's what i'm about and um but just like the, some of the team meals on the road like philly's unreal like you got all those three city the three ball the the ballpark the the football stadium yeah fucking two hockey rinks right there. The the, the restaurants are amazing. Yeah. The fans are incredible. I mean, I like, it. I love when they're screaming and throwing shit at you. Like, that's fucking fans, man. It's like MSG, too, when they're booing you off the ice. Like, yeah. fuck, yeah, that's what it's about. Um, oh, they
0: would have loved like, you. If you played in Philly for the Flyers, you would have been a god.
1: Like, Maggiano's, dude, we would order chicken parm, and I, you know, I appreciate you saying that, because I have not but but guys i know that that i fought that mm-hmm. played for philly and they're like loved you know oh, yeah. i mean it's like the islanders right yep. the islanders love the guys mm-hmm. that
2: play oh yeah you
1: know, it's just the same deal it's like you love your own yeah. right it's like a uh, family like yep. you know you might like someone on the other team but you're not gonna love them right. like you know you love goddard he well, because he played for the fucking if he if he never played for the Islanders, you wouldn't love him. You'd respect him. You'd li- he'd like him as one of the best fighters in the league, but you wouldn't love him. Mm. You know, it's uh it's like it, you know, it's like Raleigh Cote. He's an absolute legend in Philly.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and he should be. Fought on all fought all comers, undersized, lefty, you know, love that fucker. He's a he's a badass dude. Helped yep. me when I had my last concussion. People don't realize that either. We'll get into that. Okay. But um you know, um, just a truly cool place to play. Um, always a tough team. I think they had Pronger at the time. Great, one of the best defensemen of all time. I mean, Ray Emery's in that. I mean, you know, they they just got like Hartnell. They got like Briere. They just got a good fucking team. And yeah. just the the. I'm just trying to name a few guys. It's been a few, it's been a yeah. many years since I even thought about
0: this, Richards but Richards was still there.
1: Yeah, Richards, and then the other cat was there too, Carter, Carter
0: and. The I mean, behind the bench. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. fuck! I
1: love the Chief. I got a signed Chief pick. He's yeah. in my collection. I'm honored to have it. He he wrote the personal message to me. It was pretty yeah. cool. But um, yeah. You know, fuck, he's the man. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. Dude, I love, I'm a huge fan of his. Huge, okay. huge fan. But um, so like we go to Magianos and like you know order chicken parm and you get like it's like family style dude like on the lazy susans and you know you've been but like for people who haven't been like go to maggiano's get the fucking chicken parm or whatever you're into and like it's literally all you can eat like it's you finish one they bring it back it's like great wine list um just an epic spot um then they got Morton's. I mean, it's just a great city for food. It's like, yeah. I'm a food guy. I mean, I didn't get to my size by not liking <laughs> to eat. <laughs> the same with you, eh, big fella? Ugh, yeah, but, I've uh, been doing it for 50 years. Yeah, I feel yeah. you. Um, but no, Philly's a cool place. Like, I, I, it's like truly one of my faves in the league. Um, dude, what a place. Yeah. Um, fuck. I mean, I've seen it from all sides, and... Loved it when I was in the AHL against the Phantoms. And, man, it's even more epic when you're in the big stage um, in the National League. It's, uh, it's, a cool, it's a very cool hockey town. I mean, a very cool sports town. As you know.
0: Yes, as I know. I love it. I love it. They're, and their fans get a lot of shit from out-of-town fans, but they're fans awesome. are so passionate. I love them. I'll defend yeah, them all awesome. the time.
1: I still remember actual faces of fans behind the glass chirping mm-hmm. me. Yeah.
0: Like uh, It's that epic. Like mm-hmm. I remember no. lots of
1: fans
0: Let's I, just go that way. I love their fans, they're they're terrific thanks again to Trevor for his time for his immense amount of time we're now basically at 12 hours of this epic and uh, we still have a good ways to go so uh, we haven't even finished his Islander years yet, we'll get to that next episode and a bunch of other fun things, so uh, hopefully I'll have part 5 for you next week and we'll go from there, so everybody have a great week and stay safe <music>